It's the Breakcast, Breakcast, the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, listen to the show, because you're in for the PopBreak.com. Breakcast, Breakcast, oh the official podcast of thepopbreak.com. I am your co-host. My name is Bill Bodkin, editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com. And when I'm talking movies, I'm, as always, joined by Pop Break's illustrious film editor, Daniel Cohen, out there on the West Coast. We are here for our second annual fall movie podcast. Um, Dan, I'm going to say this is one of my favorite cinematic movie seasons of the year. Um, I don't know if that's because I've been spoiled with so many Star Wars movies coming out, or the fact that uh, Pop Break started in the uh, fall of 2009, and we've been writing fall movie previews as long as we've been a site. So, uh, but I have a, I really get more excited for fall than I have for the summer in the last few years. And if you listen to our summer podcast, which just came out, uh, you can hear our general disappointment about the summer movie season of 2017. But we're coming into the fall of 2017, and man, this is a loaded one. And I cannot wait to get to talk about these movies. Dan, this autumn, it's still hot, but I, I feel a hint of autumn in the air. How are you doing today? It, it is definitely still hot, and that's a good segue, because last week we, we uh, recorded a podcast where, as you mentioned, we did our summer wrap-up, and that podcast, by the end of it, I was sweating absolute bullets. It is the summer in L.A. I've been running my air conditioner all day in preparation for this podcast. It feels like Hoth right now, but by the end of it, I'm sure it will feel more like Tatooine. How's that for a segue, Bill? That's because it's a great one because normally what we tend to do with our podcast when it comes to Star Wars movies is we tend to you know, tease it until the very end. We're not doing it this time. We're taking it at the top. Start. We are igniting the lightsaber right away. Let's go. Yes, early December release. We're talking about Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Dan, my math is never good, but I believe this will be episode eight. And, man, the excitement. I just rewatched the trailer. It's Or the teaser, I should say. Coming out December 15th. While I'm not as, like, overwhelmingly hyped as I was for The Force Awakens, maybe just because... <gasps> well, no, hear me out. Maybe that was just because of the decades between Star Wars, or the decade-plus between Star Wars movies. Uh, I am excited for this film. Uh, how are you feeling about this film? Because when that teaser was first posted, I remember you wrote a reaction piece called This Could Be One of the Most Divisive Star Wars Films Yet. I'd like to get that your is- insight on that. About four or so months after that trailer was released. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Um, what I do just want to quickly touch on, though, is you mentioned we, we've seen one trailer, right? Um, I, I've watched it about 500 times. And a behind-the-scenes uh, featurette, too. Yeah, I mean, I kind of breezed through that, I mean, which was fine. I mean, you saw a lot of interesting stuff, but whatever. It didn't really offer anything, but very nice video. But yeah, I saw that divisive reaction piece I did write in response to the trailer. We'll get to that in a second. I just want to talk really briefly about, and yeah, it goes without saying, I look, 
I'm beyond excited about this movie. I don't need to, you know, go on for five minutes about my excitement level. I I love Star Wars, the end. So I think the marketing for this film is going to be really interesting because we've seen one trailer and we're, as you said, what, four months out, right? It's we're, we're getting there. I mean, still a little early. I do think we're going to get one more trailer. And honestly, I think that's going to be it. I really think that the marketing for this movie, you want to you want to talk about keeping things quiet and, you know, in, in just kind of under wraps. You, I mean, you have like you have they did this whole Entertainment Weekly spread in the in their fall preview uh, for Entertainment Weekly. And by the way, I didn't read one damn word of it. I am like, oh, I never do that either. I didn't do that with Force Awakens. I do not want this. I don't want anything ruined about this no. movie. It's and, like if you're, I'm a Game of Thrones fan too. That's why we started our podcast. Oh, we started our Sunday podcast late. Um, that that those few episodes have leaked online. It's just like Star Wars. I don't want to know anything. I want to go into it not knowing a damn thing, and I want to be entertained. Uh, and I did the same thing with The Force Awakens, and it was awesome. I oh, really didn't yeah. know that much going into the movie, and I'm even like, I'm more paranoid about staying away from this one for a couple reasons. First of all, you have the director, Ryan Johnson, and Mark Hamill, like going online saying, Yeah, we urge people to like stay away from the marketing material. I mean, these are people involved in the movie, and they're like, Yeah, we understand the nature of the beast, but like, we're telling you, stay away. And I think the reason why they're really pushing this more than ever is because I think there's going to I think this is a movie where there is going to be a lot of crazy revelations that we're going to learn about. And I think I'm telling you, I just I have this vibe that it's going to be very like, you know, when you look at The Force Awakens, right, which is an incredible movie. Um but, you know, they weren't – and, you know, I know some of the criticisms of The Force Awakens, like, ah, they just rehashed stuff from A New Hope. Okay, people need, first of all, people need to get over that. Yeah, they gave information to a droid, and they had to get him somewhere, and they blew up another Death Star at the end. Other than that, I thought they were doing some really d- different things. Oh, and yeah, I agree. It wasn't a complete, yeah, so just get over that. But I think for, – but, for, but The Force Awakens was a pretty standard Star Wars movie. I think you would agree, although it was incredible. I love The Force Awakens. I've probably so, seen that movie at least 14 or 15 times, and I'm actually going to go see it again on Friday as part of a friend's going away party. Well, Friday, well then you've got to see it again before Episode Eight comes out, The Last Jedi, of Absolutely. Course. Now, here's, here's an interesting question I have for you. Now, in regards to the box office for this film, uh, do you think it could surpass The Force Awakens? No. Um, well, definitely not domestically. I mean, you're talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens broke $900 million domestically. That's, like, that's not real life. The, I, I just, I can't even, I, I, yeah, I know. But I can't imagine that happening again. And for a couple reasons, and it actually goes back to that original question that you asked me. This is going to be a Star Wars movie that is going to be divisive because I think they're going to take some real weird chances here, and it's not going to satisfy every Star Wars fan. I think they're going to take some very interesting choices. What do I have to base that off of? First of all, Luke Skywalker. If you're, I'm telling you right now, if you're going into this film and you're of the mind that you're going to see like the wise old Jedi Luke Skywalker and he has all the answers and he's, you know, he's going to be the Yoda of the movie. Uh, you know, as we said in our last podcast, hold your horses. I think this is going to be a guy who I'm not going to say he's on the dark side or anything like that, 
but I kind of hinted to the, in this in that piece I wrote when the trailer first came out that he's going to be kind of on the fence and he's not going to be all good. And he's not going to be all bad. Well, he has that and, line. He has and the line. Exactly, it's the time Jedi. for the Jedi to end. And that's the money line. And that is all I need. I don't need to see any other trailers. I don't need to see any other marketing material. That's the money line. And that's all you need to go off of what's is funny, that one line. What's funny about how you said it, because, you know, when we left him in Return of the Jedi, he was a very conflicted character. So I I'm not at the end, not at the end, though. Oh, well, he was scarred, though. He's, he's scarred by, you know, he there was resolution, but, you know. He, he was at peace with himself. I think that's the big thing. I think what you're going to learn about in this movie, and obviously they've already alluded to it in The Force Awakens, and it's pretty clear in the trailer, I think you'll agree, we'll yeah. see a flashback to when his Jedi Academy gets slaughtered oh, uh, by Kylo Ren. Be- so oh, the younglings, I, I think, Dan. The younglings. The, the, the younglings, indeed, Bill. <laughs> so I think that's. I think you were probably looking at a Luke who is, you know, pretty much at peace with himself, and he he did what Yoda and Obi Wan want him to do. He started a new generation of Jedi, and it all went to hell. And that's why we're going to see a very, you know, very deserted and isolated Luke. And I think that's part of the reason why he wants the Jedi to end. And that's a very kind of dark, bitter outlook, uh, you know, that this character has. And we've also feel- got the uh, conflict in Ray too, because now we're like, exactly. Oh, does she have the conflict of good and evil in her too? How's that going to play out? Uh, you know what I am excited for Dan about this? But that's why I think it's going to be divisive just to kind of close the loop on that oh, is I think yeah. you're going to see the character of Luke make some very controversial decisions that a lot of star Wars fans are. I don't think it's going to sit well with them. That's that's why. Besides, obviously, this movie coming out, uh, two uh, additions to the cast I'm very intrigued for and actually okay. extremely excited for is one, Laura Dern's going to be added to the cast. Um, I've always been a fan. If you're if you're watching the new season of Twin Peaks, you'll love her even more. And, of course, the man himself, Benicio Del Toro, has been added to this cast. I am a huge fan of his, and I am just, like, so amped to see, like, what he can do in a Star Wars movie. I, I, I don't know what his role is. I don't want to know what his role is. The idea of Benicia Del Toro in a Star Wars movie is just odd to me, and that's why it's exciting. Now, um, I, I'd like to actually bring up a point about the, the money aspect of this before we go into the director. I actually think, the reason I asked you, do you think it could actually top The Force Awakens is, uh, as a dad, <laughs> uh, my now two-and-a-half-year-old daughter Loves she really loves Star Wars and she has a BBA blanket, a BBA toy. She can recognize things from Star Wars, and being she's a two and a half year old child, uh, she likes going to the Disney store. And I could tell you that Star Wars has since the Force Awakens opened has branding on any anything and everything you could think of, from tissue boxes to cereal to a bazillion toys to tons of stuff online. Spaceballs to toilet paper. Uh, right, exactly. It, exactly. It is It is because of the Disney hype machine. It is so, I want to say in your face, but it's so ever-present that I think that, obviously my daughter's too young to go to the movies, but her cousins, ages six and eight, saw The Force Awakens, saw Rogue One, and now they're going to go see this movie. I think we've they've, with The Force Awakens, a new generation of Star Wars fan has been awoken. Uh Oh, I see what you did there. I I actually, I was going to say has risen and I'm like, well, that sounds a little too spiritual, uh, is they, they, they're now here as where I think the beginning wave of force awakens box office was 
all the fans like you and me and are like our older cousins and dads and brothers and sisters and wives and whatever. I think now you have the younger generation who's just like, oh, now I want to go see this. So I have a feeling it could, there's a potential for it to beat Force Awakens because they've bred uh, or they've prepared a new audience and have kept that hype train going with the constant marketing. Everything you said is 100% correct. Here's where, here is where I'm a little – and look, I mean, okay, obviously Star Wars The Last Jedi is uh, going to do very well at the box office. No questions about that. Um, but we, the only thing I'm saying is will it match The Force Awakens? I think that we are ignoring the big hurdle that we always see with movie franchises, and that is the let's build them up tear them down are we going to get to the point with star wars the last jedi where everybody was so in love with the force awakens the hype machine is rolling you know full throttle here are we going to get a big segment segment of people who come into this saying like you know what it really wasn't that good and now i'm kind of concerned about star wars we see this happen all the time with movies and franchises so could that hinder some repeat viewings and it, i still think it, it could yeah go ahead it could yeah I, I i could see that i could definitely see that do you think a uh, rogue one beat coming out last year took any luster off of star wars or like it's make, a, it, make it make it oh no no, no 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 let's not criticize let's not go into rogue no one no no debate. that's not where i was so, going that's so not where just, i was going so i'm trying to say is like did it take the um Something we've spoken about a number of times. Did it take off the uh, specialness, like the the aura of a new Star Wars movie is out because we had one last year? We don't know. We don't know yet because we haven't really seen the we haven't seen the effects of it. I I mean, look, obviously in past podcasts, I've been banging that drum of the fear of oversaturating Star Wars. I do think there is a, a huge segment of people like me who just kind of sweep the spinoffs under the rug. And when the episode number comes out, like that's all that matters. That's all we care about. Episode numbers, episode numbers, episode numbers, star Wars. And plus this, this movie still has the allure of the character of Luke Skywalker, because he was one of the big things that people really wanted to see in the force awakens and spoiler alert. You really don't until the last few seconds. And so this movie still can play that card of, hey, you're, you know, what does Luke become? You know, what is this character like? And by everything you read, and I'm not reading much, he is the big bang of this movie. So, well, you know, I actually I, think unintentionally so will Princess Leia do this. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. No, good point by you. I mean, obviously, because of the circumstances, that's yeah. very true. And, you know, it will be interesting. I mean, I, they, they, I don't think I've really read anywhere that they've reshot things or, change things about this movie now the next movie yes they have yes so we don't know yet um yeah no that's a great point by you certainly the carrie fisher factor i mean is gonna be i, I mean that's where really the emotion is gonna hit people strong um you know i'm sure i have no doubt that she's great in the film so that's obviously gonna be something to watch for in the movie is you know what you know what is her character gonna be like at the end of this and that's going to leave all sorts of questions moving forward. But again, it's just so hard to even talk about that because – and I love this. Thank you, Ryan Johnson. We should get to him. Was, yeah. I, I feel like – I seriously, I feel like I know nothing about this movie. 
I am, I am on the IMDb page I love for, it. for Ryan Johnson right now, and there's a related news section that says, John Boyega seemingly confirms Star Wars The Last Jedi, Jedi cameos, then Star Wars 8 celebrity cameos confirmed by John Boyega. You know what stories I'm not clicking on? Those, because I don't want to know. I want to be surprised. Um, it's going to get worse as the months go along, like when we really start getting it. You know, I bet, like I said, I think we're just going to get one more trailer. I know last time we got three I think there's just going to be one more yeah. home run trailer. Probably, remember, it's Disney, so you're probably going to get it on a Monday night football game or something, which is what they did last time. So I would expect to see that again, and I'm sure it's going to be an incredible trailer that doesn't give too much away. But there's just uh, – and I'm telling you right now, you know, I did I did say that it would be – I think it's going to be a divisive film. Um, and I did say that, you know, could, could it suffer from – you know the uh, let's we're hearing so many great things about Star Wars. Time to time to take it down a peg. Rah. But you know what? At the end of the day, I think this is going to be an incredible motion picture. My the, my my expectations cannot be higher for this one. From the director, I love the director. For, just from the little things I do read, they're doing. Like I said, I don't think they're going to rehash the Empire Strikes Back. That's not what I'm expecting. But I do think they're going to take kind of the same playbook from The Empire Strikes Back and just delve more into the mythology. And something that – and the last thing I'll say is something that I've really wanted to see them do with Star Wars is let's explore what the Force is on a very, very deep level. And not metachlorians for crying crying out loud. Not that crap. But just, you know – Luke says it best in the trailer. It's why it's a great teaser trailer. It gives you great insight into things. But it doesn't give anything away. You know, what do you feel? You know, the light, the darkness. And then Luke just simply says, oh, there's so much more. I mean, that is how you tease a damn Star Wars movie. Cannot wait to see this. So let's talk about the, the director. Obviously, the first film directed by J.J. Abrams. Obviously, you've been listening to this so far. And we both love The Force Awakens. And we both like what J.J. Abrams did with it. Ryan Johnson's directing this film. Dan, uh, do you have any thoughts on Ryan Johnson uh, heading into outside of this film, like his his body of work so far? Well, I mean, I, I've I ever since I've been on Pop Break, I've expressed my love for the film Looper. If, oh. People, if you have not seen Looper, please, please do yourself a favor. One and that of, movie's en- that movie's enough the, for me to to sell me on Ryan Johnson. One of the, I mean, no, we're not going to spoil this, but that end. Do not spoil it. That ending. <sighs> Um, he also has fantastic two, screenplay. Two other movies uh, that he was, uh, well, he wrote one and did not write the other. No, he wrote both. Uh, the first one, the 2005 film Brick. And shame on me. I've been meaning to see it and I still oh, haven't. I, it. Sh- I know. I should shame send you my copy. Shame on me. Um, it's very much uh, a film noir set in high school. Joseph Gordon Levitt's in it and he is fantastic. He, if you don't, if you're just like, ah, he's fine, and you've seen some of his more recent films, you're like, I don't get the hype on him, go watch Brick, and you'll be like, oh, that's why. And the very, very, very underrated The Brothers Bloom. If Dan, have you ever seen that one? Uh, that's another one I haven't seen. Uh, it's not as great as Brick. It's almost like a, has sort of a Royal Tenenbaums feel to it. Oh, well, but, that's enough there to get. I know. it's, an, it's it takes, Both movies are on my list, I, and I takes, will see both of them before Star Wars. Again, very good writing. He, this is why I'm excited. And now I just got chills. By the way, he he. Did he have a hand in this script, in this Star Wars script? Yes, he did. 
I just want to double check that. I think you're right. I'm not looking at it right now. Uh, He also directed people like, well, I never saw Looper. I never saw any of these other films. Uh, He directed three episodes of Breaking Bad, including Ozymandias, which is regarded as one of the best episodes of that series, if not of television. television. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And uh, he's, he's a really good third act writer. And that has me excited. And he is, he's on for the, the, the next film, correct? He's taking- uh, I, I, no, he's not. He, Colin Trevero of uh, Jurassic World fame is directing that. But if that kind of makes you cautious, he's, Colin Trevero is a good director. He's done a couple other small things that are very good. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about episode nine down the line. Just was, just um, was curious, because I, I, I didn't see it on there. I'm like, hmm, did I just he has a, I think he has a story credit for nine. Yeah. Okay, so... Bottom line on Star Wars, uh, Dan and I are in lockstep. We're excited. We're definitely going to be seeing that opening night, opening weekend. And we are going to podcast about it this time, Dan. We're not saving it for the year-end podcast. Uh, uh, if, you're, if you're worried that we're not going to do a lot of Star Wars coverage, uh, don't you worry. We is going to be Star Wars overload. And if you're looking for a contrarian point of view, I, I absolutely recommend checking out Chris Diggins. One of our senior writers wrote a piece on why he didn't like The Force Awakens. Uh, gives you a, it's a very it's a long read, but it's very intelligent, very insightful. Uh, if you have some time, just type in uh, Force Awakens Diggins D I G G I N S, and it'll pop and look, up. There, there's a yeah, there's a lot of people out there that feel his sentiments, and look, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's your opinion. Uh, I for one, I, I love the Force Awakens. Can't say enough good things about it. Well, for movies that we're totally excited about, to movies we're like ah, uh, about, we have. Justice League. Uh, Dan, you and I made some uh, allusions to this in our last podcast. Uh, now, you are the resident DC fan. Um, you're a champion of what they do. This will be coming out on uh, Friday, November 17th. Uh, they just dropped a new trailer for it at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, we did some coverage on that, Dan. I believe you broke that down for us. Dan, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I I have a lot of things to say about Justice League, and it's just I'm going to try and streamline it the best I can here. Uh, so, yeah, but Bill, as you mentioned, uh, I'm a big DC fan. And look, the DC expanded, extended, whatever the hell it's called, okay, the DCEU, I, I can never get it right. No. So, you, look, there are, there are four films that exist in that world. Um, and look, I three out of the four of them I think are great films, and – I am alone on island. Not only not only am I alone on an island, like I'm on the lost island with with those. Like, I, look, well, I'm sorry, with, not with Wonder Woman, not not with Wonder Woman. That's correct. But I think Man of Steel and BVS are great films. I don't need to rehash why I like them. You can find 800 different articles I've written online about that stuff. So we'll move on. Look, with Justice League, I mean, well, first and foremost, obviously, you you got to mention just the horrible and tragic circumstances around Zack Snyder and why he's not attached to this movie anymore. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, look, I'm sure most of you have read that news, but, you know, his daughter, you know, death by suicide, just horrible. Uh, I'm not, I'm that. not, I'm not a parent, can't even fathom what he, he's been through in his family. I am, and I, I, I can't, and I don't, and, want, and and I don't want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on. But uh, just also one more thing, it's, and actually, you know, the producer, Deborah Snyder uh, is also attached to the film. So for both of them, they're kind of off the project right now, I believe. Yeah. Um, but look, so but but again, as far as Zack Snyder goes as a filmmaker, I've made no bones about it. I, I make no apologies. I'm a Zack Snyder defender. 
uh, I, I think the guy is a great filmmaker. Does he have flaws? Oh, yeah, he has flaws. But I really respect the hell out of his ambition. And I think his movies hit their ambitious marks more than they don't. And I feel that way about Man of Steel and BVS. And what people have to understand is when I talk about Justice League, I'm talking about it from what I personally want to see from the movie. I, I'm not talking about it from a business perspective or what they should do based on what the reaction of BVS was. Because, look, I really, really, really wanted to see Zack Snyder's Justice League movie that follows BVS. We're not going to get that film. We're not getting that film, okay? Now, I know Snyder... And I should just also say, like, look, I don't, you know, I don't know any facts. I, all I can do is give you what my opinions are of what I think is going on in the situation, okay? Now, certainly Snyder had to leave the project, but he was pretty much there, lock, step, and barrel on the production and all in the filming, and but he just hasn't been there in post-production. So, look, to me, I don't think Zack Snyder really directed this movie. I think he was sitting in the director chair and shooting – and but I think that he had 20 Warner Brothers executives standing behind him with their arms folded, watching every move he did. And that's because of the reaction to BVS. Like I said, I'm alone on an island. And again, I get it. Like people didn't like Batman versus Superman, but I don't think you should overreact to things like that. Now you're in a situation where you, you want to use the phrase too many cooks in the kitchen. That's what's going on here. And this isn't like you're talking about 20 chefs who are trying to give their opinion on how you should make like a chicken noodle soup here. I mean, I think it's that level of mess. And so obviously we know Snyder had to leave the project and the guy that's coming in here to finish it off, Joss Whedon. Now, look, I I'm not a Whedon fan. OK, I respect to some degree what he did with the Avengers because that is a that was a very hard film to pull off, and I can't imagine the pressures that went into that film. So look, I, I give him credit for that. Is it my favorite movie? It's not, but you know he made a solid film. Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, not so much. But my whole thing, this isn't about me being a Whedon fan or not being a Whedon fan. It's just you bring in Joss Whedon to finish off Zack Snyder's movie. Yeah. Can you think of two directors that are more polar opposite? And that just speaks to the complete mess that I think this movie is in. And I'm not someone who gleams onto rumors and reports and all that crap, but you keep reading about how this movie is like unwatchable and it's a mess and they're just trying to get through it. And sadly, I think that is what's going on. And look, I, I, I'm rambling on here and I say all this to say this is I'm a DC fan and it kills me. But I, I know what I'm walking into here. This movie is going to be a complete and utter mess. And believe me when I tell everyone listening out there, I want to be dead wrong on this. I want to be I want to be wrong as someone as wrong can be. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen. What do I like about the movie? I'm still excited about the cast, which me leads me to one other quick thing I just want to mention is. So Zack Snyder has to leave the project. Why Why would you not just get Ben Affleck to finish it off? And that to me speaks to like what's going on with Warner Brothers in this movie is do they want – did they want him to do it? Did they ask him to do it? It just seems like you know Ben Affleck, a stronger director than Snyder, 
But I think his sensibilities are a little more in line with what Snyder is when you compare him to like Joss Whedon. So why wouldn't you just ask him to finish it off? Who knows? You know, the whole Ben Affleck thing, I'm not getting into that right now. My gut tells me he won't be Batman after this movie, but discussion for another day. So look, at the end of the day, they're talking about all these reshoots they're doing. And like you read about how they want to humor Cyborg up. Which makes no sense to me. It does. Char- it does. The, the, it does. And I'll, I'll tell you. The character is a robot. He's supposed to be this cold, calculating nope. character. That's the whole basis for the character. You know why they're doing that? And I'll tell you why they're doing that. Because yeah, go ahead. the most popular incarnation of Cyborg is when he's funny. And that's yeah, I, guess, t- I mean, that's I guess that's Titan- a better reason that's from, than what I'm giving. That's no, from, I Titan- from Teen Titans, especially Teen Titans Go!, uh, if anyone watches The Walking Dead, King Ezekiel is the voice of Cyborg on the Teen Titans cartoon and the Teen Titans Go cartoon. And Cyborg is a very, uh, I'm not sure about the Teen Titans, but his popular part in Teen Titans Go is he's a very affable character. Okay, but let me ask you this. Let me, and okay, totally get that. So they, but, might, they might be trying, okay, just because I just, I just, just popped in my head. They're, what they're trying to do is like, this will appeal to kids. Okay, okay, fine. I, I get it. And like I said, I get this some of this stuff from a business aspect, but let me ask you this. Okay, so a lot of people like that cyborg characterization, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there are different cyborg characterizations. Bill, what does your gut tell you? Like, what was the original intention of the characterization of cyborg in this movie? And now you're in a situation where, fine, maybe the funnier cyborg is what people like, but it might not fit for this movie. And that's my whole problem. Yeah, I agree, and I think what I uh, one thing we actually haven't addressed yet is the trailer. Um, and that's and that, 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 that's where I, I just want to say too. I enjoyed the first trailer that they released. I thought yeah, it was solid. The, the last... I liked a lot of the Aquaman stuff. This last trailer though was garbage, especially the villain. I oh. I, I get a Suicide Squad from this villain. I, I'm terrified. Well, this terrifying. whole thing reeks of Suicide Squad because we all know the horror <sighs> stories coming out of that thing. Yep. But it, when we saw the trailer for. I also have another theory I'll throw out there in a second. We saw yeah, the trailer in 2016. We're like, oh, I was like, oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Then when I saw this one, I was like, oh, it's pretty. But, wow, I feel like they're actually taking shots and scenes from Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers. And, like, almost, it's like the way they're standing, the way certain things are lit. I'm like, I've seen this before recently. It's the same thing. But, like, JV... And it's just feel like it's trying to do that. And that was the problem. It felt like such a, and to use one of your, your uh, uh, phrases that pays, uh, it felt very generic. It just felt like, oh, this is another team up superhero movie. That's yep. really, and if you're going to rank that trailer against uh, like Avengers, Guardians, and even Suicide Squad, that's like bottom of the barrel. Because and it, you mentioned, yeah, and you mentioned my favorite word generic. And this is, this speaks to, I think, how just how much of a mess the movie's going to be is when you get to a point where I think they're trying to play this movie so safe and so generic. Yes. And you know what? They're going so far into that realm. It's going to become a mess. It's going to be the thing that they fear the most. That's what happened with amazing Spider-Man two. Sony overreacted to the meh reaction that the first amazing Spider-Man got. And they were trying to dictate, you know, kind of the direction of what superhero movies were going. They saw that people went apeshit over the Avengers 
And so what they try to do is lighten it up and cram all the shared universe Spider-Man crap, and it blew up in their face. I don't think Justice League is going to blow up in their face. I think the box office will be fine. I think this, I think this is a movie that they they just want to get through. I think they'll get through it. And I have a lot of concerns about the future of DC movies going forward. We don't have to get into that tonight. But look, bottom line for me in this movie, and it just I'm just depressed as a DC fan. I think I'm walking into a disaster. And it's just it looks you said generic, you're right on the money. It looks like one of these stories where it's just like, oh, here's a guy, he wants to just blow up everything and CGI oh, and, and, and by the way, the yeah, big man, 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 we man, all man. we all know, no spoiler here, it's a no brainer what the big surprise is gonna be. They already hinted oh. it in the trailer. I mean it's well, we I mean know, but we yeah. know what's gonna happen. I mean it's it's like come on. Like, well, I'm not going to get them. I'm not going to get on them for that. And this is actually where I'll credit the marketing to an extent. Is I'm sure it could have been easy. You know, at least like with BVS in that third trailer, they got freaked out and they and they blew the Doomsday card in the trailer, and that sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it turned out a little bit better in the movie, in my opinion. But at least they're not bowing down to the whims of the online community who are like, we want to see Superman in the trailer. We want to see Superman. And to their credit. They, they're at least not showing them in the trailers. So I appreciate that. Um, here's my question, and it doesn't, this doesn't make logical sense to me. I look at Avengers, and there was a number of Hulk movies, so we already had him established. We had a Captain America movie, we had an Iron Man movie, and we had a Thor movie, and I think we actually had a second Thor movie before, and my timelines are always no, fuzzy. No, we had two Iron Man movies. Okay, I knew it was one or the other. Yep. And then we had Avengers. Why is Aquaman coming out after this? Okay, let me. Okay, I, I, I get, I get it. I get your criticism. I get your complaint. But I, this is an excuse that people are making that I'm just not. I don't want to listen to it. Don't. There's not just one way to do a shared universe. No, I the just, reason, I just think reason, it was. Just I, I understand. Be would I prefer to see Aquaman first? Yes, I would. And that's one movie I am excited about. I am too. But, 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 but look, don't. The reason here's the thing. The reason why Justice League is going to suck. It's not going to be because, oh, well, they didn't do enough uh, single single movie build-ups to it. No, you can – you make a good movie, you make a good movie. It can be done. That's not going to be the reason why Justice League is going to not be good. That's oh, just no, my no, no. opinion. That, that's, that's not, my opinion. That's not but what I, I was saying. But it's I, just, I, just, I feel like logically sure, it sure. would have made more sense to introduce this whole Aquaman thing. You build up more um, goodwill for this film. And then you go into Justice League because now you're now because to me I think like screenwriting time I now okay I've introduced well we don't have Superman in it so we have Batman and Wonder Woman but now I have to build up these other three characters instead of having to build up two characters if Aquaman was already had a movie you know what I mean so no I, I get it and I and I said on the Wonder Woman podcast that I think BVS would have been served better had Wonder Woman come out before BVS mm. I think that would have been I think that would yeah, have been interesting I could see and that. I, and the one you know I there are two things I'll just say that I'm looking forward to with Justice League uh, J.K. Simmons is Gordon I mean can't go wrong there oh. that'll be great uh, and like I said I do like the cast for the movie and I am interested the one thing I really hope they hit strong is Batman's dynamic in working in a team environment. Mm. That's where I think you can really get into a good character arc and you can delve deep into some of the things that, that I feel like they did with Man of Steel and BVS. But look, at the end of the day, though, I'll just, I'm just going to end it like this, and then you can tell me how you think this is going to all play out. I think the movie's going to be a mess, and I just hope that 
I, I, I just hope I'm wrong. That's really all I have to say. Uh, I don't hold on a lot of faith for it right now. Uh, box office wise, if this negative, I, I think you know what I, I, I think like, it will do. B, I think it will do BVS numbers. Maybe. Which is you know, which is fine. Maybe. I mean, I, see, here's the thing, like, because I looked at a lot of the reaction online to the trailer, and people really liked it, and so I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, people liked it, so I think it has the potential to do well. Hey, but um, I mean, Suicide Squad did really well. Uh, I, I think, I think that, Warner Brothers got a shot. I think that like if we still get this negative, if we're still getting negative vibes going into like two weeks out. You know what I mean? I think a lot of those thoughts of oh, I, you know, I really didn't like Suicide Squad will come back to haunt that people, and they'll be like buyer's remorse. I don't think I want to go, and I think that could hurt it a bit. Like this movie's still gonna make bank. But I think it, I think it could impact the negativity. Could really impact the box office. I think if you were giving uh, Warner Brothers executives truth serum, I think they would say if you were to tell me a year ago that Justice League wouldn't make a billion dollars, I think they would freak out. Now I think their thinking is, let's just hope we make a little bit of money here. People are excited for some of our future movies like Aquaman. Let's just get through this one and move on. And that's what we should probably do at this point. We are because it is actually uh, just about two weeks uh, prior to the release of uh, Justice League. We're getting Marvel. So this is, I think, one of the first time in a long time, correct me if I'm wrong, that Marvel and DC are going head-to-head in the same month. Obviously, two weeks means a lot in the box office these days. But Mm -hmm. this is the first time we're really going to see Marvel, a Marvel heavy hitter and a DC heavy hitter in the same month doing battle. Um, And the Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok coming out on Friday, November 3rd. This is the third uh, Thor film. Uh, Dan, if you wouldn't mind, as I'm more of the Marvel guy, I guess, uh, I would (laughs) like to just take a little, take a moment with my thoughts on Thor. Yeah, of uh, course. Yeah, so I don't like Thor. <laughs> um, I, I Wait, wait, either of them or the character? Okay, or so, the movie? No, 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 I, well, I've always been a fan of the comic book character. I actually, okay. I actually like Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, mm. I know. I like him as Thor. I think he fits the part. The writing is another story. Uh, so the first Thor movie uh, I saw in the theater and, with uh, Pop Break, uh, senior writer Logan Fowler and my wife, um, and I thought it was half of a good movie. I thought Kenneth Branagh was like, okay, I'm going to make a Kenneth Branagh film here in Asgard. And I thought that part was actually pretty good. And then he got to Earth, and he's like, oh, I've got to make like this kind of fish out of water, very generic story, and Hemsworth and Natalie Portman have to have chemistry. They kind of don't. And I felt like half the movie was like, oh, this is pretty good. Half the movie was... This is crap. Uh, then we got to Thor. The, but I, I, I forgave it because I'm like, the good stuff outweighed the bad. Then we got to Thor, The Dark World, or whatever it's called, because I'm never going to watch that movie again. Because it's an unmitigated dumpster fire. And it's one of my least favorite Marvel Cinematic Universes, Universe films ever made. Uh, it's just so forgettable and so bad. I, I am not huge on Thor solo movies. Um... Chris Hemsworth as Thor is best uh, served in doses, in my opinion. And that's why I think he worked well in Avengers. Dan, obviously, we disagree on that. Uh, however, this trailer uh, heartens me a little bit to the Thor franchise. Because, one, you've got one of the uh, uh, premier actresses of our time, and Kate Blanchett in it. 
and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fan. And her scenes, just her, what could be very campy lines, she destroys them in the best way possible. Um, obviously, I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki, so a little mm-hmm. team up in there. I enjoy that. And uh, do I think this will be a great Marvel movie? I've heard the the rumors, oh, it's going to be like a buddy movie. It's like 48 Hours meets Midnight Run, obviously PG-13. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not I'm even sure I'm going to see this in a theater. I think this will be probably the best of the Thor movies, in my opinion. But uh, that's like saying I'm the world's tallest little person. So... That's look, uh, look. Well, I, I, I know you. I, were, actually, I know you thought I was gonna probably wax poetic about it, but no, no. I, I really didn't have any clue about how you thought about this one. We really haven't talked about it at all. Look, I actually like the first Thor quite a bit. It's actually one of I think one of the better Marvel films. <sighs> if you go back, to, if you go back to the bowels of Pop Break, I, I write a glowing review of it. Um, and I and I thought and I kind of made a, a noise when you said Chris Hemsworth is Thor. I think in that first one he's really good, but that's because of Kenneth Branagh. Oh, uh, well, so yeah. that's, that's so why stuff I think in Asgard's a, great. Everything else is crap. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I think there's some good stuff there. I, I, I disagree. But look, I'm not saying it's like this amazing film, but I actually enjoy the first Thor quite a bit. And yeah, Thor the Dark World, even Marvel fans will tell you yeah, it's kind of one of the bad ones. But I mean, I don't want to I don't want to get too far off the rails. But part of the reason why the perception of the Marvel Cinematic Universe pisses me off is because I, I think Thor The Dark World got a pass from Marvel fans, but beside the point, okay, I, I'm just going to say this about Thor Ragnarok. You know, Iron Man 3, fool me once, you know, shame on you. Uh, Doctor Strange, fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not getting fooled here. The trailers are good, and I like a lot of what I see in the trailers, especially the second one with the music I think is pretty cool. Obviously, the cast is stacked. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But I'm just going to say very simply, the end of the first trailer is all I needed oh, to yeah. know. Oh, yeah, you like, you uh, had an yep. aneurysm. I, 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 yeah, I did. It's a, yes, I know him from work. That is the most Marvel line in the history of the world. And that's, and I just, I just, from there, I was enjoying the trailer. I was like, could this actually be good? And I'm like, nope, forget it. Not getting suckered in. It will be perfectly entertaining. Hopefully I'll like some of the performances. I'm very, very much looking forward to what Jeff Goldblum does in this movie. Yes. His character looks great, really wonky and funny. But I mean funny in a good way. He should be funny. My whole thing is I don't think Thor and Hulk in a buddy movie, why? Like, what? what, what is the comedic value there? Because I don't feel like it fits for the characters. That's my whole thing with Marvel. Guardians, humor fits. You know, a character like Deadpool, humor fits. Even Spider-Man Homecoming, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that movie, but, you know, that character should be funny. I don't think Thor should be funny. I don't think Hulk should be funny. But it's Hulk like, why just, are we, no, talk, Hulk why are we talking like about a 48 hours relationship? I just, to me, to me, that's taking, let's Marvelize it and not doing what I feel is best for the characters. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of Marvel fans screaming at their computers right now saying, Dan, I can give you 20 stories where you're wrong. Like, that's fine. It just, that's my opinion of the situation. And you said, you know, Tom Hiddleston is Loki. I just, I I am so over this character. And when he pops up in the second trailer doing his little surprise, this will be fun. I'm so sick of that character, the snark overload. I want to jump out a window. 
Uh, you know, will I be hopeful? Sure, I'll be hopeful. But if you think I'm going to go into this movie thinking I'm going to get a great Thor movie, mm-hmm. I, you're yeah, yeah, n- not going to happen. So, look, I it will be what it will be. That's honestly all I have to say about Thor Ragnarok. Uh, now, in terms of box office, obviously, uh, Marvel movies have done it, it, great. It will get a, a great Rotten Tomato score. Yay! Everyone loves Marvel. The end. I, mean, uh, I, I just was uh, just was curious um, what the previous uh, Thors have done. Uh, but that, that's my whole thing is like the dark world. I think it was in the sixties. And while that's one of their lower movies, I'm sorry. The fact that Thor, the dark world has a fresh rating. Oh no. I was looking at just the money. Sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't understand why Thor, the dark world, would have a 60 that should have a 12. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, I mean, look, I, I, like I said, I don't want to go off the rails here, but the past that some of these Marvel movies gets, Avengers Age of Ultron got the same pass as well. Slightly better movie than Thor The Dark World, but I think that movie's awful. Well, uh, but, so I'm going to tie back to uh, Justice League for a second. So the <laughs> first Thor movie uh, grossed in at $181 million. Uh, second one was about a little bit of an uptick to a $206 million. This is all domestic, by the way. Uh, okay. I, I think worldwide the second Thor was like 645, something like that. Yeah, I can tell you in one second. It was uh, 644. Wow, you were really close. 644.5. The first Thor at 449. Okay, so it was a hell of an uptick internationally. Do you think, given the. So I have a feeling it's going to be in the $200 million range and and in terms of receipts. Roughly, I I don't know if it might. It might top it. I don't know. I don't know how much Hulk adding to it will give. I think this movie is going to make bank. Um. Do you th- well given this year's box office rates, it doesn't have to be that make that much to be in the top five. Um, the, my question is: Do you think Thor coming out two weeks before Justice League will impact Justice League uh, money? Just because it's like, okay, I just saw this comic book movie, I'm going to have to jump to another one, especially if there's more negative vibes. No, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's a it's a worthy point to bring up. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. look, people, we all have our concerns about Justice League, but. Bottom line, it's a movie that has Batman in it. So let's, you know, yeah. let's just, pump the brakes. Nope, just curious. So let's let's talk about a movie we're actually both excited for. And that is, <sighs> oh boy, here we go. Dan is, I know he's excited for this one. He has been talking about this movie for well over a year. It is an October 6th release, Blade Runner 2049. The long, 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 never thought it was going to happen sequel to the original Blade Runner. Directed by a favorite director of ours, uh, Dennis Villeneuve, starring Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, and just a just filthy, ridiculously talented cast um, that it, I, it would take me forever to go through the amount of people in this movie, uh, mostly because I haven't looked them up, but it is just, it's stupid good. Dan, the first Blade Runner obviously is a very divisive film. I'm not a huge fan of the first Blade Runner. I... And before you kill me, uh, I can appreciate. Hey, look, many weren't. Many weren't when they first. I can appreciate. Well, because I first saw it on WPIX Channel Eleven on the East Coast, edited, so didn't get a good. Then I went back years later, watched it on Netflix. Just hearing, 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 just like this is the greatest and best thing that ever happened. And usually, when you're seeing a movie post hype, it kind of the bar is set and it for me, usually doesn't deliver. Uh, but this one, man, just looks out of this world good. No pun intended. And by the way, that rest of that cast, if you're curious, Dave Bautista, Jared Leto, 
Mackenzie Davis, Edward James Olmos, uh, Lenny James from The Walking Dead. Did Death, you get Robin Wright? Uh, and Robin Wright. Yeah, yeah. That's the hell of a cast. I mean, and the director, you and I both love this guy. Dan, what's what do you think? Uh, now, like I said, Blade Runner is a beloved movie. Do you think that that automatically means big box office? Or is this movie going to have to work for it? I'll get to the box office in a minute. I'm actually, as you talk glowingly about Blade Runner, as you should, I am actually trying to look for a tweet that I sent out a long time ago that I will be referencing a little bit later. little tease for everybody. Um, I, I'm just going to say this. I, I'm, I'm worried. My hype for this movie is way too high. Yeah. This is, I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I, I look at these trailers, and the word that just keeps coming back to me is cool this movie just looks so damn cool and yes i am someone who's a big big fan of the, of the first blade runner and when they first and announced this, <laughs> uh, oh of, yeah of course uh so the cast speaks for itself um but when they announced this movie i was just i threw my hands i'm like don't do this why are you tempting this just stay away these are there are some things that should just be left alone and Blade Runner, I felt like was one of those things. I did too. But as but as I but as I kept reading about it, and then you get the director, and I was like, hey, that's a really good director. Like Sicario, that was a really good movie. Prisoners, this guy's got a good track record. Ryan Gosling, really well. Okay, I'm paying attention now. Harrison Ford's back. That's cool. The cast started creeping. You know, you you, you kept bringing up the cast. Jared Leto, thank God. Let's let's wash away his Joker performance as soon as we possibly can. Um, he's a great actor, but. Where, where the, and you know what I'm going to say here, where the hype train, when I, when I dove on board full blast was after I saw Arrival, which is yes. my favorite, which is my favorite yes. movie of 2016. The first thing I said after I watched Arrival was, this is my favorite movie of 2016. But the next thing I said was, I cannot wait to see what this guy does with Blade Runner. You just watch these trailers, and this is another one, kind of like Star Wars, where you don't really know too much about it, and that's great. I mean, really what you know is this guy, Ryan Gosling, he seems to be a Blade Runner, and he has to find Harrison Ford to talk to him about something. That's pretty much it, and I'm fine with that. I really, you know, the, the comparison I, I kind of keep going back to when I evaluate this movie, and then I'm going to get to your box office question, is I get a Mad Max Fury Road feel. Exactly. I think it's going to exactly. do for I think it's going to do for for the Blade Runner franchise what Mad Max did for that. It kind of in its heyday, it's there there are movies, well there's only one Blade Runner, although different versions. They were beloved in their time, people kind of forgot about them. When they announced a sequel years down the road, people kind of shrugged their shoulders, but as you kept watching trailers, as you kept reading about them, the hype started to grow. And like I said, I'm worried because at this point, this could I'm, – I'm telling you right now, you know, Logan for me is still my favorite movie of 2017. As much as I love Dunkirk, I'm still – I still have Logan as my number one. Star Wars The Last Jedi could obviously challenge that, and another movie I think they could is this one. I just have such a good feeling about this, and I'll make the box office discussion real quick here. It, it, it boils down to this, Bill. If the movie gets the word of mouth in the high Rotten Tomato scores, as we saw this summer, if that happens, 
I think it's going to make Mad Max-esque money, which is pretty damn good. And then don't forget Mad Max went on for one hell of a um, home video, well, just for lack of a better term, home video run. Uh, yeah, because the point. word of mouth ha- had that, because that was a very early summer release that has and has lived on very well in the home video market. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, for me, I think this, uh, especially given the fact that a lot of people, the cool factor has a lot to do with this, especially if you don't know the first Blade Runner or if you like me, we're like, eh, Blade Runner. Uh, I see this and I'm just like, bro, sign me up. I'm just like, I'm there, especially after I saw Arrival. Especially, I was the same way, when I watched Rival, which it's not a movie for everyone, but uh, I watched that and I'm just like, Blade Runner could be pretty damn amazing. And I am stoked for this. I think this, I'm just going to be, I'm ballsy, I'll just say it, this easily breaks $100 million for me. Oh, I I think it definitely will. I mean, well, assuming that, and we're all assuming here that the movie's awesome, then, oh, yeah, it will will breeze by that number for me. Because it's already got one-third of the trifecta. Uh, which we've talked about. Great trailer. Of course it goes. Then it goes Rotten Tomatoes, then Word of Mouth. That's what seems yep. to be the yep. formula for this year. And it's, it's got one. Actually, it has... It's actually doubled down because both those trailers were really good. So, and it just... And and this leads to what I was teasing earlier. And actually, this is going to be a good segue into our next uh, discussions here when we kind of break down the rest of the fall movie calendar. Bill, as you know... I made an Oscar prediction uh, very early this year about Dunkirk, about Nolan winning Best Director, and I'm standing by that. As it turns out, I made an earlier Oscar prediction. This is from Dan Cohen's Twitter account on February 25th, 2016. When I bugged you to get Twitter. (laughs) Random 2018 Oscar prediction. Roger Deakins will win Best Cinematography for Blade Runner Blade Runner 2049, mark it down right now. Wow. So here's the thing. February 25th, 2016, baby. It's going to happen. Roger Deakins, mark it down. We, that's actually, didn't we talk about that the last pod? We talked about the last podcast. That's what we were talking about. Oh, I made a Roger Deakins joke. And you were like, I don't think we talked about him though in terms of Blade Runner though. No, no, because you said, I think of the last last spot in the summer wrap-up podcast. I was like, oh, Roger Deakins, did he do Dunkirk? And you're like, no, but don't worry. Next mm-hmm. episode, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you about mm-hmm. something about Roger Deakins. And my God, now that I just remember that trailer and some of those shots of those big ruins, I'm just like, Roger friggin' Deakins, man. He's got to win for that. Oh, my God. Roger February twenty February 25th. 2000 oh no excuse me i said to that uh, i lied it's 2017 i sent that tweet out sorry got the year wrong right. but whatever pretty damn early so there it is your first wow. awesome prediction of the night dan i can't wait for when we do our roger deacons podcast that's gonna be great um, <laughs> now we shawshank redemption talk all right oh my god it's all and over in uh, everything. So what we're going to do now is we're going to quickly go through, and some, we're going to dive into a couple of these movies uh, a little Let's deeper. Dive. Let's dive in. We're doing it. We're going to go through the calendar of all the weeks leading up. We have some. Uh, Dan's going to pick out some of the uh, some gems that you might want to keep on your radar for uh, for Oscar He's contention, in the rock, if you will. Yeah, and so last year, remember, hey, what won Best Picture? Oh, it wasn't La La Land. That's right, it was Moonlight. That was a very small release, and I like to thank our one of our staff writers, Matt Taylor, for pointing that movie out and saying, "Hey guys, I think this has a real shot to be an Oscar nomination, an Oscar nominee." And boy, was he right! So um, let's dive into it. So 
September, we're going to, we're recording this a little early, we're recording this in uh, about August 20th on Sunday night, uh, so we're going to skip uh, Labor Day weekend because there's really nothing of note that you're going to want to see, so let's dive into what I'm considering the kickoff. As they the, say in the Muppet movie, moving right along. Footloose and Fancy Free. So we have a couple kind of crazy movies coming out. We have a movie called 9-11 that's coming out. Dan and I joked about this off the air. Uh, it's a, a movie about 9-11 with like Charlie Sheen and Whoopi Goldberg about people stuck in an elevator during the September 11th attacks. Uh, yeah, talk about really, really, really random. So that's happening. Uh, you never know, but probably not going to be good. Exactly. And then we have our uh, requisite... Uh, uh, rom-com with Reese Witherspoon. It's uh, it's called Home Again, which I'm sure will have a nice, it'll have a nice little rom-com audience because we've actually been kind of devoid of that type of film for uh, for a little bit right now. So I'm sure a lot of people will dig on that. But the big movie, the mm-hmm. big, and especially since we've had such a, we've had such an abysmal late July through August, that is Stephen King's It. Now, Dan, you and I are not horror guys. We are very upfront about that, but this is little a outside my wheelhouse. But, but yeah. this is a movie we got to talk about because oh, definitely. Um, I know I my wife is keeps looking at me every time a trailer comes on. She's like, "Yo, we're seeing this opening night," and I'm like, "Well, I am not sleeping for two days uh, because I have never been more ter- like chill. I have chills now talking about this trailer. This is a scare. Looks like a scary as hell movie. The they ha- I don't know who did the trailer for this. Whoever they did. They should win an Oscar for this freaking trailer because it like broke records with how many views it got. Well, and, here's the thing: it's a Warner Brothers movie, and the one thing you can say about Warner Brothers, man, oh, yeah. they know how to make a trailer. Yeah. I mean, my God! But this this one is just every version of this trailer I've seen has scared the sh- the poop out of me because it is just like it's just terrifying. And you, we've actually seen Pennywise now, and it's still terrifying when you keep seeing him. Right. I have this movie is going to make just I, last year. I made a terrible prediction saying the Blair Witch Project was going to make money. It didn't. I, I did. I, I'm putting my. I am planting my flag on this for a monster. No pun intended. Well, maybe pun intended. Monster box office on this one. This Bill, movie I, I can is ar- going to scare the crap out of people. And if it's as scary as the trailers say, the word of mouth on this thing is going to be gigantic. And this is going to have a couple week run because it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's September. September is not a great month. We saw this with Sully last year. Sully had a two or three week run at the top of the Perfect box office with of good year. money. Perfect time of year. I mean, there's nothing right now. I mean, this is the next big thing. And Bill, I can prove to you that the box office is going to be amazing. Is that, like you said, I'm not a horror guy. I really don't see horror movies. I'm seeing this thing. Oh, and yeah. I'm probably going to go open weekend. I'm interested. They, they, they got me. Yeah, these things are terrifying as hell. Um, you know, I don't, I think I've seen like, I think I've seen bits and pieces of them. Like it was like a mini series, right? It was, an AB, it was a two part ABC mini series. And for those who are not familiar, this is actually going to be a two part film right now. We have, uh, really? I yes. didn't know that. So it's a two part film. This is, uh, based on the kids. Uh, and it, actually there's a great piece by Ann Hale and Tommy Tracy, two of our horror aficionados on pop break right now about mm-hmm. uh, they do stunt casting for the for the the second half of the movie one of the, okay one of the actors who they'd mentioned has been actually talked about is jessica chastain um, oh so like so it's the so they're adults in the second all right got it that's right yeah, okay uh, yeah it, so the it. most recognizable kid in this part is uh finn wolfhard from stranger things um 
And, oh, okay. And then uh, Pennywise is played by Bill Sarsgaard, a.k.a. Alexander Sarsgaard and Stellan Sarsgaard. Uh, their relative, that is Stellan's son and um, Asgard's brother. Uh, unless I'm completely wrong. There you go. The Skarsgård family uh, wrap-up yeah, podcast. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they, I mean, that movie is just, just looks fantastic. And uh, yeah. we will have an op- we will have a podcast from Tommy and Anne coming out. They're so hyped to do it. And we have a bunch of uh, follow-up and lead-up pieces coming up to it that we're really, you should really check out. It's going to make a ton of money. Yeah, uh, no pun intended. It's going to make a ton of money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Come on, that wasn't bad. No, I uh, it. look. Like I said, I think the movie looks good. And speaking for someone who's not a horror guy, I I'm scared as hell. But I'm I'm curious. I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I'm interested to see how this one to see how this one plays out. Uh, Dan, there was a film here that's coming out that opening weekend um, that you wanted to make note of. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to be doing this just across the board, guys, as we go down the calendar. These are just going to be the Dan Cohn quick hits, like just Oscar alerts. Not saying these movies are going to win Oscars, but just kind of keep them in the back of your mind. There's conversation right. going to be had. Exactly. So this is a limited release one, Rebel in the Rye. Um, as you can probably tell, it's basically about Salinger, uh, kind of the, the, the time leading up to him writing Catcher in the Rye. Uh, Nicholas Holt is in it. Um, I believe he plays Salinger. So pretty good casting there, right? Yeah, Kevin Spacey like is also Kevin Spacey is also in it. So um, trailer pretty solid. I mean, little little kind of by the numbers, but uh, definitely want to keep your eye on. You know, especially if you're a literary guy. So we'll see okay. how that one goes. Yeah, you also got uh, the rest of the cast pretty solid. Zoe Deutsch, Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story, Victor Garber, Hope Davis. It's a it's a str- it's a strong cast. Uh, directed by Danny Strong, who is known for. Uh, He's done more television stuff. Um, and so, yeah, keep your eye on that. And there, here's one, Dan. I'm just going to throw this out there because we're actually at an advanced screening to this, which could okay. be up in the documentary uh, Oscar category. And that's a film called School Life. It's about Irish, uh, about an Irish boarding school. Um, I know they're nice people at Amazon uh, gave us a screening. So uh, it's getting a lot of buzz. So, hey, keep that up. Well, if, you're, hey, if, you're, if you're in an Oscar pool. Hey, maybe 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 put a, maybe put a quarter on that. You know what I mean? Well, the do- documentaries last year kind of made a lot of noise, so definitely interesting to bring up. Okay, they're, so, they're, you know they're growing. So now we got uh, we move on to September fifteenth. Um, the we got a big one coming up, and this one is Mother, and that is the new film from uh, my boy Darren Aronofsky. He's my boy too. Oh well, he made. I'll talk, my, I'll talk one, about that. One of my favorite movies of all time, The Wrestler. Which it's, is, it's it's definitely probably in my top twenty, top twenty five. That I think that's his best film. The Wrestler is extraordinary. If you haven't watched it, uh, I I still think Mickey Rourke should have taken it over Sean Penn. But Milk was very good, so I can't complain too much. Cast for this film amazing. Here's just the top billing: Jennifer Lawrence, Domino Gleeson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris. Uh, Thank you, Javier Bardem, for he's had kind of a rough patch here with the, a lot of crap. So it's good to see him in a Darren Aronofsky movie. And Bill, yeah, I, I am, I am a huge, huge Aronofsky fan. He's definitely in my top five of working directors right now. I, I loved Noah. I, I don't care what anyone says. I, I didn't see Noah. it. So it's awesome. Um, this trailer I actually watched right before the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, I it, it, it's a very this this could this is a very odd film in a good way. Like I it's felt very, very uncomfortable. Aronofsky. Yeah. It's very Aronofsky. I will say I, I I thought the trailer was really really good. Yeah. I wasn't blown away. Um, and one thing just 
whenever you have movies that come out in September and you think they could be kind of Oscar-y movies, it is a little bit of a red flag when they get the September release. You know, we'll see. I, I'm sure, look, Aronofsky, I don't think he's ever made a bad movie. He always delivers quality. He's, look, you know, it's kind of like win, lose, or draw with Darren Aronofsky. He's always going to leave you with something to think about. Um, and can I just say this, too? Yeah, okay, Jennifer Lawrence is in this. Will there be Oscar buzz? Maybe, maybe not. Okay, look, are we over the whole I'm yeah. sick of Jennifer Lawrence factor? We, we, I think we, she's look, got, like, suffer, one or two other movies suffer, coming out this year. Suffer the sins in Passengers. It wasn't a good movie. She correctly, you know, we, we berated the film for it. And so can we, like, get over this now? She's a great actress. Just Let's just appreciate her talent. Like, By, by the way, I think, I think, I think this will be the movie that, that happens for. But, yeah, I think, look, I think pairing her with, um, with Darren Aronofsky is a match made in heaven. And, yeah, Javier Bardem, Ed Harris, can't wait to see how this one plays out. And Michelle out. Pfeiffer, who we'll, we will be talking about Fair a little perfect. later in, a, in another movie that is getting a little bit of buzz. Uh, then we have um, a, a drama thriller called All I See Is You that's going to be starring uh, Blake Lively, Danny Houston. I'm not giving this one too much credence. Uh, an interesting movie coming out is called American Assassin, Michael Keaton. Yeah, not blown away by the trailer. Very generic. I mean, look, it's Michael Keaton. We'll see, but eh. Yeah, it's it's your September action movie. Um, hey, don't don't read too much into it. Uh, then we move on to Friday, September twenty second, uh, where we have the. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this movie a few times in previous podcasts. A friend request. Uh, I feel like we talked about yeah, this last Yeah, wasn't this fall. in like our like podcast like three years ago? What are you like? It's, are you are you are you pulling my leg? Is this really on the calendar? It really is. According to the box office Mojo calendar, it's on the schedule. We've already talked about it, so we don't need to go into it again. We're, we're moving on because we got a big. Uh, and then we got on, on, uh, Ninjago, which is a new whatever Lego. And I know the Lego movies have been good, but this one just looks like... This one I'm actually even surprised went to theater because a lot of these Lego movies end up tending going to right to DVD and VOD. It's gonna, it's, they just want to make a quick buck. We'll move on. Uh, yes. So this one, uh, we might be a little split on, but the big, big, big one right after... The second big movie after it, in terms of like mass appeal, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, the follow-up to the very popular... Uh, and I guess some would say surprising hit, uh, Kingsman, which came out a few years ago. Uh, Dan, I don't know how you feel about Kingsman. I love the first Kingsman movie. Um, I am a big fan of stylized thrillers. I love Matthew Vaughn, who's done... Wow, that was very Jersey the way I said that. Yeah, I, I was going to say. Matthew yeah. Vaughn, sorry, sorry. He's done movies like Very Underrated Layer Cake. He did Kick-Ass. He did X-Men First Class, which I love. He did... Uh, love. And then he did uh, Kingsman, which is uh, the original Kingsman, The Secret Service, which came out uh, February of 2015. I do have some concerns about this. I like the trailers a lot, but we mentioned this, and I mentioned this in my our summer podcast about Guardians. There is sequelitis. Too much of a good thing, trying to do way too much. Oh, we were very successful here. Let's try all this other stuff. I do have worries this could be a hot mess, but... I still think at the end of the day, we're still going to get a solid and entertaining film. Look, I, I, I like the first Kingsman. I do. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought now, for some reason you didn't like that. No, no, no. Well, here, here's what I'm going to say, though. It's I enjoyed it, and I like you. I like Matthew Vaughn as well. But when I saw the first Kingsman, it's nothing that I need to see again. Oh, and so see, idea, I think it has high re- – for me, I, I, I've watched it a couple times since. I mean, maybe I could watch that one again, but to me, like the thought of a sequel to this movie – 
just makes me nauseous. And that is exactly what I got from the trailer. I am. This is the movie where like I just want I, I want to stay away from it, and I want people to just leave me alone with this movie because <laughs> I know it's going to happen. It's going to come out. People are going to love it. It's going to get overhyped, and it's going to be shoved in my face. Look, the trailer. It looks. It's just. It's the type of movie I would like to move away from. Um, overly stylized, over fun, over hyperactive, overly edited. You just watch those trailers, and I just the word that just keeps popping into my mind is obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It's just so in your face. I get it. The cast is stacked as hell. I understand that. I have no qualms about what the performances will be like, but it's just a movie that it's just a big, to me, it's just going to be a big, annoying cartoon. I would feel better about it if it just kind of came and went and people kind of said, like, yeah, you know, that was fun, but I know what's going to happen. It's going to it's going to get the high scores. It's going to get overly praised. It's going to be shoved in my face. It's going to, I'm, they're going to, people are going to take my head and they're going to beat me over the Kingsman, the golden circle poster. I just want to stay away from, I just want to stay away from this one. I'm sure it will be perfectly entertaining, but I'm going to just pump the brakes. It's, it will be fun, but please just, just leave me alone. I think I think like I said, um, it has definite hot mess fa- potential. But at the end of the day, I trust the director. Um, he hasn't let me down yet, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, I love the vibe of it, so I think it'll do well. Uh, if it gets, oh, it will uh, do well. It's going to make a lot of money. I, I think it's going to. I think it's positioned perfectly. Yeah, it's uh, so dead I, right it's, now. It's, yeah, it's gonna. In like you said, I think a lot of people love that first one, and like I said, I liked it too. I, I just this is something I really, really don't need to see. You ever hear the expression "too much of a good thing"? Yeah, Every I think there, I think there, I think there might be a picture of uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle poster in the dictionary after this one. Okay, then we come up to an interesting one. Definitely keep your eye on for Oscar time. It's called Battle of the Sexes, mm-hmm. starring Emma Stone, Steve Carell, Elizabeth Shue, Sarah Silverman, Alan Cumming, uh, and Bill Pullman, amongst many, 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 many people. Um, yeah, man, this is uh, the true story of 1973 tennis match between world number one Billie Jean King, played by uh, Emma Stone, and ex-champion... And serial hustler, I didn't know he was a serial hustler, Bobby Riggs. Uh, I believe that is played by Carell. Yes, it is. Um, man, like, I know it has, it's com- it's a dramedy right now, where it's, I, I, this, Emma Stone and Steve Carell together, again, I like it. I like it. I think this movie could, this, this has a lot of potential. You're forgetting the most important part too. Directors, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. So a lot of um, a lot of kind of high end talent on this one. And, and that I, was and I, they really broke Steve Carell. I mean, I'm in my opinion, they broke him as a uh, as a dramatic actor. Man, I gotta say, Steve Sunshine. Carell, th- this guy, he has really been hitting his stride the last few years. This guy, I I was kind of this is coming from someone who like eight years ago was kind of an eh Steve Carell fan. But his dramatic work, and I know this is sort of comedic as well, but, you know, what he did in um, The Big Short, he was excellent in that film. And his performance in Foxcatcher is one of the best performances I've seen in the last five years, right up there with J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. This guy can just flat out act. And then, of course, um, and, this and, rolls brick yeah. in Anchorman. I mean, he's great. 
I, and no, I mean, look, he's he's perfectly funny in 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 that movie. But no, his but his dra- drama or dramedy, whatever you want to say, uh, he has been lights out the last couple years. Emma Stone. I mean, I don't think we need to. I think we all know the deal with Emma Stone. I mean, just firing all cylinders right now. Um, yeah, I think this one looks great. Definitely could get some Oscar buzz. Like I said, though, just a little weird that it's opening in September. So, But it is limited release in September, so we'll see. Okay, then we move on to the end of the month. We're going to get with America. Oh, one, oh, one, more, one more thing, sure, actually, sure. I just want to bring up quickly on this month. A little, little Oscar alert. Stronger. So uh, Bostonians, oh, yes. will know, Bostonians will know about this one. This is another movie that is based on the events of the Boston Marathon from 2013. Um, you know, I liked Patriot's Day a lot. I gave that movie an extremely favorable review. I wasn't shocked by the reaction in the box office that it got. I just – I don't think people were ready for it. I, I think I, I think it was a little too soon. Where Stronger plays a little bit differently is it's more centered on one specific character. or Well, I, I mean he's based on a real person obviously. Um, Jeff Bowman, uh, who lost his lost his legs in, uh, I believe, in, in the marathon. I think that's what this is about. It's based on a book uh, that I think he co-wrote. Um, but you know, it's I, I got to be honest with you. I actually don't think the movie looks that great. It just kind of very yeah, most the, a lot of reaction to the trailer was very mid. Eh. But 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 what you have to keep an eye on, and I'm not going to guarantee it, but. Jake Gyllenhaal is getting an Oscar nomination. So that's why I really want to bring it up. And that guy is a one hell of an actor. So just be on the lookout for that as a movie. Eh. And by the way, just so you guys know, the, the, the person who directed this, uh, we're not exactly talking about a lot of stout work. He, he did do Pineapple Express, which I think is kind of his big uh, claim to fame. But he also did The Sitter, Your Highness, and our brand is crisis, so not exactly a very strong laundry list here. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal looks great. Uh, okay, so now uh, let's move on to the end of the month. We're going to get the. Um, I'm going to touch very briefly on this since I saw a trailer for it. Uh, the, uh, Flatliners, which I don't know if it's a sequel or a remake to the yeah. early '90s film. Not like Alan Page, but looks whatever. Yeah, this was an early '90s film and it had Julie Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, and a whole bunch of people. This looks like garbage. Uh, and then a movie uh, I just watched the trailer for, which I think could be pretty darn good, uh, but given a release date, I'm not sure. Is American Made with Tom Cruise? Um, I, I like this trailer. Uh, it's it, okay. I don't know. I'm, I want this to be great. It's Doug, Doug Lyman, who he did well with Doug Lyman at Edge of Tomorrow. To be fair, that trailer was also garbage. So maybe it's just Doug Lyman movies just don't get good trailers. Yeah. I want this movie to be yeah. great. Believe me. As you, you, okay, come on. We, you know, we're both, we've talked about this. Both big Tom Cruise fans. I, you know, he did the mummy. It is what it is. So hopefully, maybe he's, this can be a little bounce back for him at the end. He's got to do something that's not called Mission Impossible that does well. So let's hope this does it for him. Uh, I just wasn't. I just wasn't blown away by the trailer. I thought it yeah. looked again generic, fun, but not Hoping amazing. Um, let's get a little Oscar talk here. Uh, one that you don't have in your list, but I think possibly could be a sneaky Ooh, one you're okay. gonna watch out for is a movie called Lucky. Uh, it's with Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, I could definitely see uh, John, oh, okay. the yeah. actor John Carroll Lynch, who played uh, Twisty the Clown in um, in American Horror Story. He was also uh, 
Marge's husband in Fargo. He's directing this film. Uh, This could be kind of, I could see a cumulative Oscar um, consideration for Harry Dean Stanton. Sorry, say that? Sauce the founder of the McDonald's Michael Keaton movie. That's correct. And then there was one you want to talk about, Dan, uh, called Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House. Oh, is that, is that September here? Uh, yeah. I, uh, oh, uh, look at you looking out for me. That's right. Uh, so so this is interesting. Um, Mark Felt, the man who brought down the White House. So this is Deep Throat. This yep. is a movie about Deep Throat. And you got and, Liam Neeson playing Deep Throat. So, hey. But, okay, so two things to say on this. First of all, what the hell are you doing with that title? Did you call the movie Deep Throat? Are you, are you kidding me with this? I mean, awful title. Awful, awful title. I mean, maybe, I don't know, The Man Who Brought Down the White House. I, I guess I can see why they went that route. But just call the movie Deep Throat. Here's what I'll say about this. Well, because uh, people might think it's about the porno. Oh, come on. Stop it. Not, okay, not when you have Liam Neeson on the poster, okay? Speaking of Liam Neeson, go ahead and watch the trailer for this one. Literally... The trailer is just like a minute and 20 seconds of Liam Neeson monologuing, and it's awesome. I'm not sure how good this movie will be, but I'm, I'm intrigued, and especially, you know, the Neeson-Oscar talk, you never know, could be there. But, but seriously, it's like the trailer is just Liam Neeson monologuing, and it's awesome. So I'm intrigued with this one. So we move into the first weekend in October. We've already spoken at length about Blade Runner 2049. We can... Uh, then we have a, a, a drama called The Mountain Between Us. Uh, keep this one on your radar. This is a... It looks like a very small... Well, it's not small, but it's about a plane crash, and uh, Kate Winslet and Idris Elba are stranded on a mountain. Yeah. And... Um, it's Idris Elba, so the movie will suck. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. But it's got Kate Winslet, so you never know. Uh, so, hey, if this movie gets positive buzz, Kate Winslet is uh, very prone to being nominated for things. I'm not saying it will be. It's just I think they're to keep burying on. it. I think the no pun intended. I think they're burying this movie in the mountain. Uh, I think it's. I think it looks whatever, and I think the studio knows that, and they're just burying it against Blade Runner, and it, that's it. That's all you're gonna ever hear from this movie. And if you're Wins parent, best picture, I'll have that on my face. Um, if your parent, the My Little Pony movie comes up, but you already know that. So uh, then we move on to uh, Friday. One quick Oscar alert! I just want to bring on this weekend the Florida Project. Uh, be aware of this one, uh, William Defoe, Oscar buzz. Or Willem uh, this, in some, some uh, respects. Wait, I said Willem, didn't I? Did no, I say you Willem? said William. I'm William. He's a Willem. I think I, I thought I said Willem. Whatever. Willem Defoe. All right. That's a great actor. And uh, there could be, there is some Oscar buzz on this one. Small little movie. Um, I just want to read the, the I'm just going to read the uh, description really quickly on this one. Sure. Uh, the Florida Project, so he plays a character named Bobby, uh, set over one summer, this is from IMDb, by the way, set over one summer, the film follows precocious six-year-old Moni, I probably butchered that, as she courts mischief and adventure with her ragtag playmates and bonds with her rebellious but caring mother, all while living in the shadows of Disney World. So, whatever, sounds pretty Oscar-y to me. But uh, if you watch the trailer, Willem Dafoe, it looks pretty strong here. So pay attention to that. Oh, and then there's a movie called – oh, is this the one? No, that's a different one. Sorry. Never mind. Uh, then on Friday – so we're going to move to Friday, October 13th. Uh, we're going to start off with the Jackie Chan Pierce Brosnan thriller. Sorry I laughed. Um, the Foreigner. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like those two together. I never thought I'd say that. Jackie Chan and Pierce Brosnan in a movie together. Uh, you know what? This doesn't look half bad. It, it's about um, Jackie Chan is, uh, you know, he's some sort of guy who knows how to handle himself. He has a certain set of skills. And his daughter uh, dies in a bombing. And he confronts Pierce Brosnan, who's a government heavy, who he wants justice and it slowly uncovers that maybe Pierce Brosnan had something to do with it, and then they get at odds. There's punching and kicking and guns. I mean, it looks whatever. Uh, also interesting to note, the director here is Martin Campbell, who also did GoldenEye, uh, Casino Royale. And if I'm not mistaken, this is actually, I think, his first movie since Green Lantern. So this guy has definitely been in, yeah. like, isolation yeah. and hiding. Oh. Uh, so... Uh, you know, we'll see. I thought the trailer was okay. Um, you know what this reminds Martin me of? Martin Campbell he, is hit or miss. <laughs> this reminds me of, like, I just did, I didn't realize he directed this film. It reminds me of the Mel Gibson film Edge of Darkness. A very similar vibe to that. Okay, okay. And uh, we'll see. I mean, look, who isn't a Jackie Chan fan? So we root for him. Yep, and, uh, and Rumble in the Bronx is great if you never saw it. Uh, then there is a horror movie called Happy Death Day. Well... I just uh, well, I actually, I want to say one thing really quickly on Happy Death Day. Um, I mean, I'm not really looking forward to it or anything. Interesting concept, though. It's basically Entertainment Weekly described it as like Groundhog Day, but a horror movie where basically this co-ed keeps reliving the day she was murdered at college. And so, like, that's the movie. Kind of, not, a, not a bad little concept, but the movie looks eh. Uh, then there's uh, Oscar alert, by the way. Marshall uh, with Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say about this. So uh, this is yet another Chadwick Boseman biopic, much like um, I think it, w- it was a Get Up or Get On Up um, where Get he played up. James Brown. Yeah, James Brown. And then the Jackie Robinson movie, which was 47, right? Uh, is that? No, that's not it. <laughs> am I getting Jackie Robinson's number wrong? Yeah, that's sure. embarrassing. Yeah, 45. Why am I not remembering this? It's 42. For, wow, that that's embarrassing. Um, sorry about that. 42. My point is, is that 42 and Get On Up, uh, they're both like movies where the subject matter deserve a lot better. And while Chad McBoseman gives an incredible performance in both cases, the movie themselves aren't that strong. And I think this is another case we have here with Marshall, unfortunately. We'll uh, see, though. And then, Dan, there was a smaller film you wanted to champion on this date. Uh, there's a couple here. Really quickly, Breathe. So, noteworthy because this is actually Andy Serkis's directorial directorial debut. And it's got your um, boy in it. Uh, it does have my boy in it, Andrew Garfield. Um, there definitely is an Andrew Garfield Oscar alert here. Uh, this is a period piece where I believe Andrew Garfield plays a character who ends up getting polio. Um, and if you yes. watch the trailer, it's it's like screaming at the top of their of its lungs, Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. So definitely want to watch Garfield for that one. But also noteworthy because Andy Serkis directed a movie. Uh, the other one is Goodbye, Christopher Robin. I believe I've seen a trailer for this. Yeah, this I, I think this could. By the way, Domino Gleason is in this, and you're going to hear his name pop up a lot. He's in a ton of stuff this fall. Obviously, most noteworthy Star Wars. But uh, this also has Margot Robbie, and uh, as you can probably glean from the title, it is about basically the guy who created Winnie the Pooh. The trailer is actually pretty strong. I mean, a little schmaltzy, but I was into it. Um, it, it, it has a very Finding Neverland vibe, if you hmm. remember that one. Probably the last movie that Johnny Depp did that I actually liked. Um, it's, I it, was, it was a really good trailer. It, it hits you in the feels. Um, could definitely uh-huh. come up again. 
could definitely come up again at Oscar time. Uh, then we move on to Friday, October 20th. Uh, uh, supposedly, we have a movie, a uh, big disaster weather movie called Geostorm, which is directed by Dean Devlin, who is known for a lot of big disaster movies like that. Uh, Gerard Butler's in it. Don't know much about it. You could either see this tanking or getting it's my, shoved. It's my imitation of the movie. Uh, then you have another movie called The War with Grandpa, which is uh, basically Robert De Niro really likes playing grandpas in movies. Uh, <laughs> Can we move on, please? Yes. Uh, we'll move right into Tyler Perry's Boo to a Medea Halloween. That a first Medea Halloween movie made a buttload of money. As they always do. Expect the same. Um, There's same kind of different me, Greg Kinnear, Renee Zellweger, Jamin Hansu. Can I give a quick behind-the-scenes Dan Cohen Medea take, if you will? Uh, We're not even going to talk to that other movie. That's whatever. Okay, so so just – so Medea, last year, I think the first Boo Medea movie came out – and uh, as we like to do sometimes on Pop Break, we like to write articles in conjunction with uh, some of the bigger releases that are coming out. And I was actually – I had never seen a Medea movie, and I want to kind of watch them all in a row and do like a Medea breakdown uh, piece for Pop Break. For whatever reason, I, I did watch them, and it actually never came – the article never came to you fruition. You have to do it now. You have to do it. No, no. I, I, I Seriously, I tried to, and it just wasn't – just wasn't jiving sometimes it just doesn't come to fruition maybe i'll attempt it again we'll see by the way um boo i just want 73 million dollars and like the second highest grossing uh tyler Perry movie so i just want to say this though about Medea. if you have not seen a Medea movie i'll just say this they're an experience and i'll leave it at that listen tom hanks said it best when he was on saturday night live if a movie can make me laugh and pray at the same time i'm in uh um, interesting uh, but let's move on. Okay. Uh, like I said, same kind of different me. That's going to be a fly under the radar type. Uh, a movie I just saw a trailer for uh, recently it was called The Snowman. It's going to be with Michael Fassbender, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Val Kilmer is supposedly in this movie. As oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah. And, so, uh, J.K. Uh, Simmons in a, with a British accent. Uh, go figure. This, this one looked okay. The concept is interesting. I think it's based off a novel, basically like this guy known as like the snowman killer or something, yeah. and he's like cutting people up. Can I just say this, though? The director of this, uh, Thomas Alfredson, he also did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Which I like and that lot. movie is about, yeah, well, it's about as exciting as watching paint dry, so we'll see. And it was or tough for me. it was a pretty good movie. Uh, we oh, are that's a, device, that's, a, that's a divisive one, but we'll see what this one I mean, Look, Fastbender, you always got to pay attention when he's in a movie. Uh, then we have Only the Brave, uh, Josh Brolin, your boy Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Jeff Bridges, Taylor Kitsch, James Badge, Dale. Um, yeah, very, like... Like the most generic paint by numbers trailer you can think of, which pisses me off because I do like this cast. I mean, you're, it's and I'm so angry because it's definitely going to waste all these people. The movie does not look good. Does not look good. Uh, Dan, any other any uh, any chestnuts or nuggets in here that you want to that are on yes, the, under the radar? Struck. Uh, this is a movie that's getting a little bit of buzz here. Definitely pay attention to it Julianne as an Oscar Moore. movie. Um, Julianne Moore, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. The director, uh, Todd Haynes, he also, you'll know him from Carol, which I thought was a solid movie. Um, I believe as well, another actor in here, and if you're a fan of Gotham, as you know I am, I reviewed for the site, Corey Michael Smith is in this. Oh. Uh, 
he of course plays Edward Nigma, aka the Riddler. The trailer is really weird. I don't know exactly what this movie is like aiming to be. Uh, but let me. This is another one. I, I'll just very quickly read the IMDb plot description, um, just to try and give you an idea. The story of a young boy in the Midwest is told simultaneously with a tale about a young girl in New York from 50 years ago as they both seek the same mysterious connection. It sounds like a uh, Terrence Malick movie, but hopefully it will be better than that. Uh, let's hope so indeed. Then we roll, we roll into about Halloween, which is roughly Halloween weekend. Um, we're going to start off with, uh, it's a big one, but it's a, it's a franchise movie. You thought you could get rid of away from these movies, but Jigsaw. Yes, that's right. We're another friggin' Saw movie. What is this, Saw 9? Or, I, I, don't, I, don't I don't even know. know. I thought he died, but he's back. <laughs> first Saw was actually decent. That's what everyone says. Everyone's like, first one's decent. And then, you know, we, we, we're back. It says, bodies are turning up around the city. Each have... I don't even feel J- like reading J- it. Jigsaw, he's back. We're moving on. Yeah. Because we have a big And one. it's going to make a lot of money. Uh, then you have Thank You for Your Service, Miles Teller again, Amy Schumer, Haley Bennett, Jason Dean Hall as director. Um, you heard much about this one, Dan? Oh, the thing. Yeah, this is another. Again, Miles Teller, a waste of Miles Teller. This looks like the most generic war movie ever made. It is, for whatever it's worth, I believe it's from the guy. Yeah, it's from the guy who wrote American Sniper. He's actually also directing this. American Sniper, very good movie. Again, just looks generic as hell. It, this this will come and go. The big um, for this. Stop wasting Miles Teller for crying out loud. I know the big one for this weekend is Suburbicon, the brand new, uh, I would say, dark comedy drama directed by George Clooney, starring Matt Damon as well as Julianne Moore, Oscar Isaac, and Josh Brolin, who I did not see in the trailer. Co-written by the Coen Brothers. And look. Clooney. Look, the Coen brothers, I mean, they they are the epitome of hit or miss. Now, to be fair to the Coen brothers, when they hit, they hit. Uh, now, they're not directing this, as you said, Bill, that is George Clooney. Um, here's my problem with this one. The trailer, it's okay, but you can definitely tell it's written by the Coen brothers. My problem is, in George Clooney, he's a good director, but I'm sorry, Monuments Men, yikes. Uh, so hopefully he can get some mojo back with this one. But when I watched the trailer for this, it feels like somebody trying to direct a Coen Brothers movie, but which he's not... done before with the Men Who Stare at Goats. No, I look. If there's going to be a guy who can do that, it would probably be George Clooney, who's worked with the Coen Brothers a gazillion times and knows them inside and out. Um, look, Matt Damon. I mean, guy. I mean, he speaks for himself. He's awesome. He's oh, he's always good. Uh, this movie, though, it just it looks I know you like this movie, but I get a very burn after reading vibe, which I liked a lot Two Coen brothers. Um, I, I do not have a lot of hope for this one. I mean, look, if you watch the trailer and if you're a fan of those guys, you'll like it. But I'm very, very nervous about this one. Well, clues uh, do for a, a hit movie directing oh. wise because, hey, he did burn. Good night. Good luck. Personally, I love that movie. No, yeah. Then he did Leatherheads. Yeah. Then he did The Ides of March, which I thought was a really great movie. Then he did Monty's Men, which I enjoy. Not, 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 a, not. not a, a, a directorial that's masterpiece. A, that's the honor. And then, here you go, Suburbicon. Hopefully that my theory continues there, where he'll be like, oh, now he's due for a good movie. Uh, 
Oh, he also did not direct The Man Who Stared Goats. I apologize for that. Uh, that was directed by... Give me two seconds. No, I can't find it. Uh, that was directed by Grant Heslov, who's actually his writing and produ- producing partner. Grant Heslov was in True Lies, if you don't know who he was. He was in the van with Tom Arnold. Um, Look, well, there are moments of brilliance in the trailer, uh, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, My expectations are pretty low here. And Dan, you have a couple of films here you want to talk about for uh, that are smaller. V- very quickly, uh, The Killing of the Sacred Deer. The only reason I bring this up is for two reasons. Number one... Um, you've heard me talk about this movie a lot. This is from the director of The Lobster, um, and it reunites him with Colin Farrell, actually, uh, who's been coming on strong recently. Uh, I, I haven't Colin been the Farrell. biggest. I haven't been the biggest Colin Farrell fan uh, here and there, but uh, I've enjoyed his last couple movies. Um, this is like a psychological thriller. I would recommend go check out this trailer. It is. It is haunting. Uh, I think is the best word I will use. It's you if you've seen The Lobster you will definitely tell from the first five seconds of watching this trailer. Yeah, it's the same guy. Nicole Kidman also in this movie. And how about this? Alicia Silverstone. Interesting there. Um, and then one other one I'll just bring up quickly, just because I want I want people to watch this trailer. It's called The Square. I believe it's a Swedish film, which I know everyone in our audience wants to hear us talk about. Oh, I, I believe this one. one. Yeah. I believe this one, the Palm... Date, whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. At, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that could mean good. It can also mean overrated. So, uh, Elizabeth Moss uh, and Dominic West. Uh, this this is actors. a weird, yes. weird trailer. This could go in 900 different directions. Um, I'm intrigued. That's all I'll say. It could suck, though. Okay. We're going we're gonna to roll right into November. Uh, we are in we, November. Early, we, uh, that and, um, you know, it's going to be a big one because uh, it is the weekend Thor Ragnarok comes out. However, it's also the weekend that A Bad Mom's Christmas comes out. First Bad Mom's is a damn funny movie. It took everyone by surprise last summer, made a buttload of money, and obviously you have to be concerned about comedy sequels. We've seen it where it's the first movie, super awesome. Second movie, they pumped eh, this one out quick. They did. <laughs> Uh, look, it's it's this is the definition of counter programming. It's a smart idea. It will do fine. I, well, and actually, not that it will do well. Actually, um, unless I mean, if, unless it gets like atrocious word of mouth, which is possible. This um, has Hangover Two written all over it. Where it's Hangover, does. yeah, and great. Hangover Two made a buttload of money, but the aftertaste was not good. No, it was not, and that bled into Hangover Three. Um, which I, I think is even worse. Yes. Uh, anything out of this weekend you want to... Just very quickly, um, LBJ, Woody Harrelson it, it plays uh, Lyndon Johnson. I mean, Rob Reiner he, directing? Rob Reiner directing, yep, so pay attention. What was the last time he did a movie? That's a wow. great question. There, I've seen movies and I'm like, uh, I've never heard of any of these. The biggest, the last one he did was The Bucket List that I can see. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. So, but he's done other stuff. I just said. Uh, I mean, look, he, he's forever immortalized for me. I mean, this is Spinal Tap, one of the greatest movies ever made. There yeah, you go. So. Um, okay. Then we move on to, uh, you know, a fairly nice uh, Friday on November 10th. Um, we have an anim- all-star animated uh, film called The Star. So, you know, this is, I think, about, uh, looks like it's a very religious film. Uh, about the uh, star lighting people to the, the major. I could be completely wrong on that too, by the way. But the the only reason I bring this up is because the vocal cast in this film is, uh, I'm going to get the plot for you in a second, a small but brave donkey and his animal friends become unsung heroes of the first Christmas. Why do I bring this up? It has Anthony Anderson, Kristen Chenoweth, 
Gabriel Iglesias, Keegan-Michael Key, Tracy, uh, Tracy Morgan, Tyler Perry, Ving Rames, Opal Winfrey. It's going to get a big push in a few in a few weeks. You're going to see a lot of press for this. This could do very well uh, because there's not a lot of kids' movies out during this time period. Uh, no, there's not. But this is a stacked weekend in general. Um, because so then, you have, we, then you move on yeah. to a big comedy, which is going to go a nice little head-to-head with Bad Mom's Christmas, Daddy's Home 2. Uh, which is, you know, the sequel to the first Daddy's Home, uh, starring Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, uh, was it Mel Gibson and John Lithgow pay their respective parents? Uh, again, like I didn't see the first Daddy's Home. That I didn't, I didn't trailer either. didn't really do much for me. Well, quick story on this one for me. Uh, so I've seen this trailer a couple times in theaters, and whenever Mel Gibson pops up, you still kind of feel that weird reaction from people. Like they don't really, I mean, look, the guy behind the camera, people will see him all day, but I still think there's a little shudder when he, and I mean, look as like, I mean, this is a good role for him. It's pretty funny. Uh, He's playing Mark Wahlberg's dad, but I don't think people are quite ready yet to see him this front and center in a movie. We'll see though. We'll see. Uh, The last movie made 150 million. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, the, the director behind this was also behind That's My Boys, Sex Drive, Horrible Bosses 2, and The First Daddy's Home. I'm sure this will sure. be what you expect. Um, it'll be have a couple laughs. Then you have a pretty big A-list, maybe Oscar uh, potential? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh, who we've mentioned a few times on this podcast. I'm a big fan of his movies. Um, he's mm-hmm. starring in it. Um, it's uh, Johnny Depp, Michelle Pfeiffer, Daisy Ridley, Judy Dench, Derek Jacoby, Michael Pena, Josh Gad's I mean, wow. in there. Yeah, uh, wow. <laughs> that's a hell of I think a cast. Penel- I think Penelope Cruz is in it as well. Yes, she is. It's just not listed on this uh, short list of cast. Um, I, I want to say there's a few other people in this movie that I'm just not getting. Uh, just give me two seconds on that. Uh, like I said, um, well, I'll just say this yeah, is Penelope a movie. Cruz, guy, probably... you're right. Olivia Coleman, Lucy Boynton. There's a, a, a Leslie Odom Jr. He was in. Um, he was Hamilton. So, yeah. I mean, I saw the trailer for this. It's been in front of a few movies. Uh, intriguing? It's an intriguing... Yeah, exactly. It's an intriguing trailer. This is something I probably wouldn't normally be that interested in because I think I think 99.9% of directors would make this boring as hell. But with Kenneth, with a guy like Kenneth Branagh, though, I'm paying attention. And you can't ignore this cast. I could see this making a big dent, doing well, maybe coming up again at Oscar time. Or I could see it just completely folding and going away very quickly. I'm I don't know about this one. It could it could go either way. We'll yeah, see. I, I I just don't know. That's like I think this is kind of like our Valerian uh, conversation from earlier in the year. It's just like, man, could you see this making good money, or could you see this not making any money? And it's just like, yeah, I don't. I just can't tell. It's gonna need a big, big word of mouth buzz. Okay, uh, one movie I want to bring up real quick that's a smaller film opening that weekend that's gotten a little bit of buzz is Three Billboards Outside of yes. Ebbing, Missouri. Francis uh, McDormand, Oscar alert on steroids. By the way, Martin McDonough, I like him as a director. He uh, did In Bruges, which I'm a big fan of. He also did Seven Psychopaths, which I actually got a screening to go to, which is pretty cool. Also starring Peter Dinklage, Woody Harrelson, Abby Cornish, Sam Rockwell, Caleb Landry-Jones, uh, that's a pretty filthy cast right there. John Hawks is also in there. Uh, interesting. Definitely I'm excited Fran- about this one. I Keith thought the trailer Fran- was excellent. Keep Francis McDormand on there, definitely. Oh, if no, I'm. I'll go further. If you were to tell me who the front runner is for best actress right now, it's her for me. The, uh, the, just watch this trailer. She is 
blowing you away. What a surprise. She's awesome. That's yeah. why. Uh, she, she is. Uh, okay, then we also have... Okay, then we move into Friday, November 17th. We've talked about Justice League at length. Dan, there's a movie you want to talk about. It's called Wonder. It is a, a new film coming out with Julie Roberts, Jacob Tremblay, and Owen Wilson, directed by Stephen Chopsky, who directed Perks of Being a Wallflower. Yes. Uh, so we're in kind of mid to late November, so this is where we really start the Oscar alerts as we've been doing. I, I'm i going to say this might be my best picture frontrunner alert right now right now again we're recording this it's not even september yet but if you if i had a bank money today on a movie i'm going with this one that you just you watch this trailer there is something there jacob trembley for those who don't know he's from rome um he blew people away i don't think he got a nomination there but certainly could have um it's a movie about this kid who just Sadly, his face, I, I think the deal is like he had to get like a ton of surgeries. And so his face is kind of disfigured and he's like going into fifth grade. So he's got to learn how to like adapt. Um, and that's basically what it is. And it's like extremely powerful trailer. This I think it looks pretty good. I mean, we'll see Julia Roberts. Um, I think this kid probably will get an Oscar nom. Uh, so like I said, if you watch this trailer, you'll get the idea. I, th- this is definitely in, in a best picture talk for me right now, getting a lot of buzz. Okay. And then we have one, and one more very, very quick one on that weekend too. Uh, last flag flying. Um, this does not have a trailer yet, but I'll just give you the rundown here. Director Richard Linklater heard of him cast oh, yeah. Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne. Here's the setup. Um, basically, these guys are Vietnam War vets, and 30 years later, one of their kids dies uh, in Iraq, and so they kind of reconvene. Um, so powerful stuff. Richard Linklater, sat cast. I mean, you can go from there. Yes, sir. Um, okay. Then we have – we're moving on to – actually, we End have to – November. Oh, we're, ending, we're going to Thanksgiving. Um uh, Wednesday, November 22nd, which is Thanksgiving Eve, always a big time for films to be released. Um, one that's not on here, but I've seen different variations on it on lists is that the new the remake of Death Wish is going to be there. Box Office Mojo does not have it listed, but IMDb d- does. There, there's, there's a trailer. It, it is what um, it is. It's, I mean, it's Eli Roth. Um, you know, he's going to be directing Bruce Willis. And the Paul Kersey role, made famous by Charles Bronson. You've got Vincent D'Onofrio, Elizabeth Shue, no Dean Norris of Breaking Bad. Ah, I feel like this is like Bruce Willis has done this movie, and it's just, I don't know. I'm t- I just wish Bruce Willis would be in a, a good movie instead of like Looper. Make, yeah, I wish he would do stuff like that instead of More just make these easy this action movies. It's going to implode. I I don't care. Then you have Darkest Hour, which is. Uh, uh, Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. Oscar alert! Oscar alert! Oscar alert! Yeah, I think in my notes to Bill before the podcast, I just said uh, Gary Oldman plays Winston Churchill. The end. Yes, uh, this is to be honest. I didn't think the trailer was that good, but no, obviously but just, Oldman's it's... performance. Pay attention. Uh, this is by the, uh, Joe Wright, who did Atonement. So hey, you know. Right okay. Yep. Uh, you have Villa Capri, which is Morgan Freeman, Timely Jones, Renee Russo. It's an action comedy. It looks like your AARP action comedy. Uh, then you have uh, Molly's Game, which is coming out, which uh, is a big. In- oh boy! Oh boy! Oh baby! This um, is going to be. This is the directorial debut of Aaron Sorkin. 
Uh, mm. This has Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Kevin Costner, Michael Cera, Chris O'Dowd. Uh, Dan, you were very you had you had a little hype on this one, so I want to hear what you got to say. Well, I I have a couple things I got I gotta gotta say here. It's 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 interesting because uh, before the podcast, Bill, we were talking about the Social Network, which is extraordinary movie. Aaron Sorkin's um, in it for a hot minute. Yeah, so Aaron Sorkin. So here's my kind of spiel on Aaron Sorkin. I like Aaron Sorkin a lot when he's tempered. I think when he gets too Sorkin, it goes off the rails a little bit. That's why I think the Social Network is such a perfect marriage because you have his writing with David Fincher's direction. That's a guy who can channel Sorkin's writing, and it's strong. But when you have a movie like Steve Jobs, I feel like a director like Danny Boyle didn't put the reins on Sorkin's dialogue enough, and that's why you get the movie you did, which is it's okay, but it could have been better. So Sorkin in the directing chair here, I'm, I'm nervous. I think the trailer looked good. The subject matter is pretty interesting. Yeah. Jessica Chastain, I mean, one of the best actresses working right now. No question. She is awesome. But when I watch the trailer, it I get the two Sorkin vibe. That's why I'm not a big fan of a lot of Aaron Sorkin's television work, where I think he has a lot of brilliant writing some like in the TV world, he has more rain. So there are times where you can get to Sorkin, like that awful show, the uh, the Matthew Perry one, the live sunset from, live from Studio Sixty on Sunset yeah, Strip. I actually had, watched that a number of times. Which had one of the best opening monologues ever to a TV show, and it was all downhill from there. Yep, to to Sorkin. So him directing this movie, I'm a, to quote Jerry Seinfeld, I'm a little concerned. So look, I want, I could this be great? Could it be in the discussion for Oscar talk? Absolutely. But again, him getting a lot of power here, a little concerned. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I, I think it's a very interesting plot, which is basically the story of a Olympic-class skier who runs the world's most executive high-stakes poker game, became an FBI, and became an FBI agent. Um, I don't know. That's pretty intriguing to me. Uh, I need to I want to love this one. I want to love this one. And then we have a really big one, which is I think it's going to clean up. It's going to be the new Pixar film Coco, which is already getting some commercials. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer for this, the visuals on this are absolutely beautiful. Um, I think this is from advanced word I've heard from this. This is Pixar back in form. Forget about Cars three. This is I, I vi- hope so. I, I'm, pic- gonna... I've hear- I'm hearing vintage Pixar film, and that's what I'm hoping for too. That's what I hear, too. I'm not going to lie. Trailers don't do much for me. Uh, I mean, yes, the visuals are good, but just uh, the one trailer I saw was like, what was it, like the dog or whatever? It was just kind of like running. It was very slapsticky. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, w- the, the concept is interesting. Um, it seems really Pixar. I Believe me, I, I want to like this like I did Inside Out. Which is, I think, was their last great film. I didn't yes. even, I didn't even bother with well, Finding Dory. Actually, cars. Finding Dory is a good film. I Whatever. I mean, I just, I knew exactly what. It, I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen it, so maybe I'd like it. But yeah, bottom line, I'm not blown away by the trailers. But yes, Bill, you're right. From what you read, you know, holy matzah. We'll and, see though. And you know, obviously, a regarded Pixar film always is in the in the running an almost slam dunking home at a best animation oscar well especially this year there's not a lot of competition nope. not like not like last year december uh, we roll into december day before my birthday friday december 1st 
We have a horror movie called Polaroid. The home stretch. Okay, we have a horror movie called Polaroid. Moving on, um, we to a film that is getting crazy, but a crazy buzz. The Disaster Artist, which if you haven't heard about that, it is a dramatization of uh, Tommy Wiseau, who made The Room, which is considered, and I've seen it, one of the worst movies ever made. Um, the uh, James Franco is directing it. He's also the star of it. Seth Rogen, Dave Franco. Uh, the cast is insane. Uh, real quick, Josh Hutcherson, Brian Cranston, Sharon Stone, Megan Mullally, Adam Scott, Lizzie Kaplan, Kristen Bell, Alison Brie, Zach Efron. That's nuts. Um... Here's my problem with this. I've seen some like clips and trailers that looks pretty good. The Room was like this joke of like, oh, have you seen The Room? It's like a terrible movie. And then it just the joke got to everyone. And now we're making a movie about the joke. I just feel like we're the teeth won't be there for it and it's just like I'm going to sit there and be like, "Ah," but at the same time, you're hearing buzz out of some film fest saying this is a pretty damn good movie. All right. I want to make a couple things very clear here. I am very much looking forward to this movie. I, I, I like the trailer a lot. I also want to say this. I've never been a big James Franco fan, but if there was a role he was born to play, it is this one. Um, I do think he will be nominated for an Oscar in this, for this movie. I, I'm not going to say he's going to win or anything, but I feel pretty confident in saying he's going to get it. My, here, here's my thing with it. And I look, I'm, you know I'm not the biggest Seth Rogen fan, although I thought Sausage Party was excellent. I, he's a good fit for this, too. So they've got the right people involved for this one. My whole thing with this movie is pump the brakes. I think we're getting a little too excited about this one. Again, I think it's going to be good, but the hype is getting a little out of control. And you mentioned film festivals. Yeah, it people went crazy for it at South by Southwest. But what you have to understand at a film festival like South by Southwest is that this type of movie plays to that crowd like oh, a yeah. love. So I'm not going to take too much from that. I mean, that's why I didn't take a whole lot from Baby Driver, even though that film turned out to be great. I it you know I, I still kind of pumped the brakes coming out of the South by Southwest festival. So look again, and I think you make a good point. It's like we're all in on the joke now. So it's not like this, like, you know, kind of, like, underground thing. We all know about the room here. Um, but look, you know, I know this is a weird comparison, but, like, when you look at a sports movie like Miracle, you know, we all knew we that's all that's a story we all wanted to see, and it was a great sports movie. This is a movie we all want to see. I want to I wanna see this movie. But again, I think the hype is getting a little out of control. Looking forward to it, but... You know, don't I think people's expectations are getting a little too high. I don't think it's going to be anything that wins like best picture or anything like that. But if you it's know, as James... good as people are saying, you could see in the conversation, maybe, maybe. I, I, I mean, maybe for screenplay and acting, but we'll see. Maybe I, I'm, I, I want to love this movie. Believe me, I'm looking forward to it. I just I'm not going to have the crazy expectations and most are. Uh, then you have a movie coming out called Wonder Wheel, which is a return of Woody Allen, uh, starring Kate Winslet and Justin Timberlake. Um, this will probably well, fare I mean, as much as well as every other Woody Allen movie. I mean, look, Woody Allen is is it's pretty easy to break down. Like, you know, when his movies hit, they get Oscar talk and people go to see them in droves. When the buzz isn't there, eh, you know, it goes but, away I mean, pretty quickly. It goes away pretty quickly, exactly. 
then we have the next weekend, which is uh, December 8th. Uh, there's a thriller called All the Money in the World. Ridley Scott, Mark Wahlberg, Kevin Spacey, Michelle Williams, Timothy Hutton. I have not heard anything about this film. Well, this is a Ridley Scott movie, and if you've known from previous podcasts, I haven't had a lot of nice things to say about the man recently. Um, I, I mean, look, it's an intri- intriguing cast. Um, the the This is based on a true story. I actually want to just very quickly pull up the IMDb on this one because it is interesting. Um, the subject matter is definitely there. It's a left-wing uh, paramilitary organization. Italy got, hatches yeah. a massive kidnapping plot in the 1970s. Uh, I want to see a trailer to know this movie. I do too. There is no, there is no trailer yet. Um, so look, good cast. I mean, look, it's Ridley Scott. You never know, but the guy hasn't exactly been delivering quality lately. Um, we'll see. Uh, then we have a film called the shape of water. Uh, it's going to be, it's a Fox Searchlight release. Uh, we bring this up because the writer director of this is Guillermo del Toro. I am a massive Guillermo del Toro fan, although Pacific Rim did disappoint me. Um, this has got Sally Hawkins, the always awesome Michael Shannon, the equally always awesome Richard Jenkins, Doug Jones, who will probably be doing some sort of costume work, and Octavia Spencer. Uh, this was getting pretty darn good buzz uh, coming mm. out. I know you're not a Del Toro I'm, guy. I'm not a big Del Toro guy. I'm very lukewarm on Del Toro. I mean, the trailer, yeah, it's getting a lot of buzz. Um, you know, I mean, it certainly looks better than Pacific Rim. It's not saying much. Uh We'll see. I'm not, like I said, not blown away by the trailer. Visually, yes, looks looks extraordinary. Hey, gonna, I mean, Pan's Labyrinth I loved. So I, I it's, would, it, look, I would, it's a good cast. So, I mean, you know, I'll give it a chance. Yep. But, again, I'm just – Del Toro, a lot of style, some substance. We'll hmm. see. Depend, I mean, well, okay, for a different day. Uh, then we have uh, Friday, December 15th. Obviously, the big one is Star Wars The Last Jedi. But you also have – Ferdinand, it's a Disney. Oh no, sorry, it's a Fox animated feature. Uh, Dumb beastie. What do you do? Like this, if you watch the trailer for this, like it's 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 not going to blow you away or anything. It's but it's a definitely story of Ferdinand the Bull. You know, but it's definitely but it's definitely an animated movie that could do well. Why the hell are you doing this? I like, mean, you it's have not, it's not you, under programming too because kids are going to see Star Wars. Well, I think they're just. I mean. The better release date would have been the week before because you're coming off two weeks of Coco and you're not hitting Star Wars. You know? Right. No, bottom line, don't open it against Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, then we move into Friday, December 22nd. Here's Christmas movie season, guys. Um, the one I know the most and the one that makes me just go, Bleh, is uh, Pitch Perker 3. The pitches it is are it back. It is, it is moving on. So many people are excited for this film. This film... Unless it is an unmitigated dumpster fire uh, that everyone hates, is going cha-ching, to make ching so much money. Uh, and then if there's ever a Pitch Perfect four, that look for that to not because I think we're moving past that cast is what they're saying. Bill, any concern that Pitch Perfect three will take some box office away from Star Wars: The Last Jedi? Is that a concern for you? Uh, yes, Dan, I think it is. All right, we're moving on. Uh, then you have a comedy called Bastards. Starring uh, Glenn Close, Ed Helms, Big Rames, J.K. Simmons. It looks mildly amusing. Ah, man, it just seems like I don't know. It just seems like this movie would have served. I better. Like Ed Helms, I you know I think here's yeah. A, so basically, so, so like here's the big, an interesting thing though. I'm looking at the poster yeah. on Box Office Mojo. It says the ultimate paternity uh, guest in theaters, January 27th. 
So I'm wondering if this film even makes it, it, it could have been pushed. We'll see. Well, this could have been pushed from January of this year. Now it's saying that's so weird. It's saying it has January 27th on the poster and we're still and I'm getting a December 22nd dead, uh, release date. That does not sound good to me. I'm sorry. If you can't get the date right in your poster, I, I don't put much faith that this is a good movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Prob- probably not going to make a lot of waves there, but there's definitely some big ones in this same weekend. We uh, got-, got downsizing the new Alexander. Oscar Pitt. alert, Oscar oh. alert, Oscar alert, and high it- alert on this one. And you're saying, Dan, why are you saying that? Well, let's look at what he's done. Nebraska, multiple Oscar nominations. The Descendants, multiple Oscar nominations. Sideways, multiple Oscar nominations. About Schmidt, multiple Oscar nominations. An election, I don't think it was nominated for an Oscar, but that is a cult movie that people still talk about. I love that film. And this one, look at this cast, just listen to it. Alec Matt Damon, Neil Patrick Harris, Jason Sudeikis, Christoph Waltz, Reese Witherspoon. The poster, I'm looking at a photo that looks like it's Kristen Wiig is in this one. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, I don't know why she wasn't in the the Mojo cast. Laura Dern's in there, Niecy Nash. It's ridiculous. I mean, expect not, expect not much is known. Not much is known about this one yet. There's no trailer. I'll quickly read the plot. Listen to this plot description: a social satire in which a guy realizes he would have a better life if he were to shrink himself. That's the description. You know what? So this, you know what the description so reminds me of? With Alexander Payne. I mean, whoa. You know what the description reminds me of? It's like, oh, that's such a weird plot. It has like that element of science fiction too. It's like, um, what's the damn name? Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Best movie of 2013. And yeah, so it has that same type of, well, that's a weird plot vibe. Um, we also have the $6 billion man, which again is another Mark Wahlberg film that I don't even know exists. I think it's getting pushed. We would have seen something by now because it's a big, a the big production movie. movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it right now. That is getting pushed. Uh, anything else on this date that you're yes. vibing on? Yes, really qu- Yeah, very quickly, we've got to hit on all three of these. All right, so The Current War, long story short, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch plays Thomas Edison, Michael oh, Shannon. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, Tom Holland's actually in this as well. Uh, so pay attention to that one. Um, Happy End, foreign film by the guy who directed uh, Amour, if you remember that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Isabel Hubert, if you watch the trailer, looks about as uplifting as, um, well, let's just leave it at that. Um, very, does not look like a very happy film. Oh, this last uh, one I'm really stoked for, Untitled Steven Spielberg. So this is, okay, so this this is the deal here. Uh, we We have to bring this one up. So I believe this movie actually does have a title from what I'm gathering um, called, I think it's The Papers, I want to say. So that's what it says on IMDb. This is a weird one. Now, if you go ahead and look at the IMDb page, the cast, you're going to be like, um, OMFG, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep. Um, I believe there's a ton of of other big names involved as well. Yeah, Allison Brie, Jesse Plemons, uh, Sari Paulson, uh, Michael Stubarg, Bradley Whitford, Bob, Bob Odenkirk, David I mean, Cross. Holy smokes. So the papers directed by Steven Spielberg, but I got to say it's also it by, and also one of the writers, uh, I believe is uh, one of the screenwriters on Spotlight. Yup. So 
you know, holy smokes. But here's my thing. The fact that you're not, I mean, it's still maybe a little early for a trailer. Mm. I just, I have a funny feeling about this one that it could be pushed. Yeah. Cause the next big one I know for him is ready player one. And that's next year. We already saw a trailer. Right. Right. But I mean, that's kind of a different, different animal because that's a big budget kind of, uh, you know, comic con type movie. But so, yeah, I don't. So again, the papers, it's saying January 12th, which probably means that's the wide release date. So look, we'll know more about this in a month. If you start to see trailers, if you start to read more about it, then you definitely, obviously you have to put it up in the Oscar discussion, but I got a weird feeling this might be in some turmoil. Yeah, this is that's like kind of what we're seeing in this December so far. And I actually want to apologize. We did miss one movie because it was coming out. It's coming out in a Wednesday slot, Wednesday, December 20th. God help me. Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. This is starring The Rock, Kevin Hart, okay. Jack Black, and Karen Gillan of Doctor Who fame. Tom Holland's also in this. Jake Kasdan, son of Lawrence Kasdan, is the director. Have you seen the trailer for this? Why do you think I said God help me? Okay, so yeah, I agree. Trailer does not look good. This movie, I just, I don't, like, I just don't know, get it. Did, did Jumanji really, like, I know it was a big hit, but did it really make that many waves that we need to revisit Jumanji? 20 plus years later, too. I mean, it's it's not even like, like, when I heard The Rock was attached to Jumanji, I literally thought they were remaking Jumanji, and I was like, okay, that at least makes a little sense. Not the continuation of, or a different version of Jumanji, where it's all... I don't know. This looks like hot mess central journey to the center of the earth. Like, uh, it just, God, this just looks bad. All right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give it this. The concept is halfway decent where it's like, actually, when you first watch the trailer, you're like, is this like a breakfast club remake? What the hell is this? So like these teenagers, you know, you know, all very different people. So they get sucked into the game and they like become the avatars. So you have like a teenage girl playing like, like Jack Black, excuse me, is basically playing like he's a teenage girl. So that's kind of funny. But again, the trailer looks like garbage. I, I mean, I, I'm guessing it's going to do okay, but I don't even, I didn't even know about that. Um, the Rock, you know, if this doesn't do bad, Rock's going to start rethinking a couple things. It definitely after Baywatch tanked. Um, Got yeah. one more big one to dissect. Well, here's another one. Uh, it, this Before we dissect that, unto- untitled Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Do we have right. anything right. about that? Well, we know that Daniel Day-Lewis is in it, and this could very well be his last film. So, yeah, and, and that still says untitled PT. Uh, everywhere I'm looking says untitled. So, Again, that's it's a wait and see. That could literally just be a two movie theater release to get in for Oscar time. Right, could be a very very late surge. Definitely keep your ears open for that. But Especially again, if it's Daniel Day Lewis because he's Daniel Day Lewis and he always wins Oscars. And it's supposedly his last movie, so uh, we'll we'll know more about that. Still, way too early and to then tell. Here we go, The Greatest yeah. Showman. I did see a trailer for this. If anyone doesn't know who's in it, this is Hugh Jackman. Uh, I believe this is a musical. Uh, it's inspired by the imagination of P.T. Yeah. Barnum. It's an original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and tells a visionary uh, who rose from nothing to create uh, a spectacle claim that worldwide sensation. You've got Zendaya, Zac Efron, Rebecca Ferguson, Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, yeah. 
Wow. The greatest showman, otherwise known as the movie that will officially knock out uh, Hugh Jackman being nominated for Logan, he will now be nominated for this. <laughs> to that. I mean, I just wanted to see him nominated for Logan because he was so great in that. Look, if, if, so just kind of on this one, this is definitely, I mean, this is going to make a lot of waves, I think. It's a good trailer. I'm not blown away by it. Um, you know, I feel like I think the box office could definitely be there in a big way if it's a great movie. Mm. Um, it's definitely it's definitely kind of like your musical epic of the of the year here. Um, those have tended, good, if those have if tended if it, done well, especially with Jackman. Lehman's did pretty well. If it's if this is good, it could definitely no doubt be an Oscar frontrunner. But I'm a little on the fence about it. It could it could be kind of like. Into the Woods, which made, not in terms of quality, but which made a lot of money, but didn't really make a lot of Oscar waves, except for your favorite Meryl Streep nomination. Uh, uh, so, but uh, this is definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, it's strangely, a, very it's a very impressive trailer. Strangely, Bill Condon, who knows Stranger to Awards, uh, was a writer on the film, but not a director. The director is actually Michael Gracie, who is uh, known for, he's actually only directed two films, none of which have come out yet. Um, this is his first film. So we'll see how he goes on that. Um, yeah. Uh, good cast. I, you know what? Hey, I would love it. You would, I think you would too. Zach Efron gets a supporting actor nomination, or at least is in consideration, because I feel like that is an extremely talented dude who has been saddled he, with a lot of crap. Crap piled upon crap. I mean, when, when, when you're able to like make yourself watchable in Baywatch, that takes skill. This guy, I've been saying it all along, he's funny, get him a good script, and he can really deliver here. Maybe it will be this one. We'll see. Um, but holy smokes, we have gone through the calendar. Uh, Dan, I, so uh, we're going to wrap it up right now. What Outside of are. Star Wars, what is the movie you are looking forward to most this fall? I mean, come on, it's Blade Runner. Those, I mean, those are my big two. Certainly a lot of the Oscar stuff I'm looking forward to. But again, it's always too early to tell with that stuff. We'll learn more about the Oscar stuff as we go along the rest of the year. You know, Molly's Game, Disaster Artist, looking forward to those. But yeah, of course, it, it, it all goes back to the conversation that started this whole podcast. Star Wars The Last Jedi. And of course, looking forward to Blade Runner right behind it as well. And Bill, you know what? I'm going to leave you with one one last question to close this sucker out. Any chance at all, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Oscar chances. A morsel of a chance. My question to you is, do you think it could beat Beauty and the Beast as number one for the year? Whereas it's ranking. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Beauty I think, and the Beast I think is currently sitting at $504 million. It's closed out. It's not making any more domestically. Uh, do I think Star Wars The Last Jedi has a chance for an Oscar? Force Awakens didn't even get a sniff. You know, I don't even think it was in the conversation. Rogue One was like way far from the conversation. Because this year is so up in the air, and I, I think we're so, like, it's so vague at this point. I, you can't rule it out at this point. Speaking on August 20th, 2017, I don't think you can rule it out because I think you're going to see an improved. I think you have a. I like J.J. Abrams, no offense to him, but I think Ryan Johnson's a better director i think I he's a better writer and if he has this huge platform and all these toys to play with i'm very excited to see what he does i i don't i think there's certain movies you can put the red pencil through saying eh, eh, not gonna happen 
I don't think that's one of these films on August 20th, 2017 that you could say that about. Look, I always say this every year. Like, we all get excited about some of these bigger mainstream movies maybe getting Oscar buzz. But I think um, at the, at the end you, of the yeah, I think one thing you said, the, Logan, it'll be out because of the greatest show, the, the showman. Well, 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 Jackman's performance. Yeah, you know, Logan. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think Fox, Patrick Stewart maybe. Uh, that's going to be a tough one. I think Fox is going to do an Oscar put. Like, they are going to remind you about Logan come Oscar time. Don't you worry. I still think it's a long shot, but here's what I'll say about Star Wars The Last Jedi is, at the end of the day, do I think it's going to get a sniff for some big awards? No, I don't. But I do I do think that the movie could be that good. And I, we're not talking about Force Awakens good. Like, we're talking about um, just, like, I mean, I, I don't want to say Empire because that's just kind of blasphemy, but in in that ballpark... So if it can really reach some of those levels, and maybe this is a year where the Oscar-type movies, maybe they underwhelm a little bit. I mean, there's certainly some things I'm looking forward to, but I see a lot of generic trailers for some of these Oscar films. I don't know. It's a conversation we're definitely going to be revisiting when we do our Star Wars podcast. All right, and your podcast, too. Podcast. Absolutely, but... um. Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Uh, God, we, I can't wait. Dan and I have uh, we've got a long week ahead of us. We've got a fantasy football draft. Uh, when yep. this is coming out, coming out, it'll be coming close, if not past Labor Day weekend. Happy Labor Day, everybody! And uh, you know, football season will be upon us. Summer movie season is officially over. We're heading into an exciting time of year. So, if you want to check out Dan's written, which I'm sure will be up, and I'll link in the story, his written fall preview for his box office predictions, you could check that out on thepopbreak.com. If he doesn't post it, I'm a liar. Uh, you could uh, follow us on social media at popbreak.com, all spelled out, forward slash popbreak.com, all spelled out on Facebook. We are at thepopbreak on instagram and if you search pop break on our youtube on youtube we have a great youtube channel with all sorts of interviews uh up right now you can check it out we got over 50 interviews up there right now uh you just search pop break on there you got to see our little avatar with the blue and black star uh if you want to follow me on twitter for some god god knows why uh i am at bodkin writes dan where can people holler at you on the internet Yep, and if you want to find my Roger Deakins tweet that I mentioned, you can follow me at D. Cohen Writer on Twitter. That's at D. Cohen Writer. I'm spent. Uh, hashtag uh, Oscar for Deakins. Have a good it's day. It's going to happen. Bank on it. See you later.